Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Here on this Tuesday afternoon, I'm Eddie Eric on the Rock of Talk at AM1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com, 550-5500, right here in the Kiva on this uh, seminal date, Tuesday, March the 8th, uh, the year of our Lord, as uh, the great uh, Real American News likes to say, 2022, here on the uh, edge of what appears to be uh, many people's push, wish, hope, of Armageddon, other people's wish, push, hope for the continued, uh, I don't know, existence of a uh, shutdown COVID. They can't get away from it. You literally have people who are addicted to their masks and their virtue signaling, and they can't move away from it. And I've been out and about, been very social as of late. And, uh, well, what, what, what am I saying as of late? Uh, for this entirety of this uh, quote-unquote shutdown, and yet here we are lying here five days from the... Uh, now starting of year three of COVID and you're going to augment, you leftist, uh, you're going to move the, the chess pieces to the other side of the board, uh, as it were, to, well, the continued shutdown of America. Now you're in the name of Ukraine. COVID has now shifted to Ukraine. We are on the precipice. Uh, I can't even believe I'm going to say this of World War III. Heck, we are, whether you like it or not, in World War III. So there it is, folks. Uh, Enjoy yourselves, D-Dad Muska, the Dow uh, 3000 uh, here in the Kiva. You can hear me nice and clear on our brand new Nuevo board uh, here. Uh, D-Dad, how are you? Uh, I think struggling with uh, a lot of other people to make sense of what's going on. Uh, personally, doing well, feeling good, great weekend with the dogs, but uh, looking around the world, Eddie, and seeing the, the, the madness. You know, as a libertarian, I don't get involved in Republicans and Democrats or red and blue. I just look at policy and whether it grows government or shrinks government. I don't, I haven't had a particular rage at Biden because most of the federal government is on autopilot. The welfare state's on autopilot. The, the warfare state's on autopilot. But every so often there's, there are extraordinary circumstances where the president really does matter. And to see this jackass make flub after flub after flub and cause us more trouble in our wallets and potentially really endanger our national security. Uh, I'm starting to get my Irish up when it comes to this old moron in the White House, Eddie. So I think the way that we're going to conduct this particular show today, uh, so I said, mentioned we have Greg Zanetti, Hour 3. Dowd and I are going to take you all the way until the end of Hour 2, is we're going to go through some stories. We're going to try and make some sense uh, of this. Um, you're going to be Trying to call in, we're going to try and take your phone calls. It should be nice and clear now, so hopefully we'll do that. Uh, we'd appreciate a few phone calls on all of this. Uh, we'll hit the uh, – Brian, would you mind hitting the delay on the on the time delay, the seven-second delay, so we have that. And um, we're going to try and get a feel for everything. Uh, let's kind of just kind of start from the top, okay? You, driving in the car, if you drive – let me put this in perspective for you <clears> – <throat> 60 miles an hour. If you drive for this first segment, it will cost you the same amount to drive listening for the next 15 minutes in your car as it would to take to subscribe to the Rock of Talk. Yes, I did it. Rockoftalk.chat. All right. Literally, if you listen for the next 15 minutes, that's how much gas costs for you. 
All right. So I want you to be aware. Well, it's about actually, I figured it out about uh, 19 minutes and 40 seconds, roughly, to be exact. Yeah. If you okay. drive for the next one, given the current prices at $4.06, according to AAA, the highest it has ever been on average in the state of New Mexico, the highest we've never paid more than $4. That's how much it costs. So for you cheapskates who are bracing and not jumping on board, okay, whatever, we get it. We can't blame you for bracing for the future, and then you can listen live. Now might be a great time to go ahead and invest in an AM, FM radio. Um, your podcasting is now worthless. It's on delay. Um, you know, you get it later on. Uh, hey, you want to manage your time? Well, I'd like to have my uh, the rock of talk late night or early morning. It doesn't matter anymore. Okay, if it's Things are moving so fast and everything's so incredibly fluid. Live radio is where it's at. We're live in the morning. We're live in the afternoon. We're live during live during uh, uh, Glenn. We're live during uh, Clan Buck. We're live during Hannity. We're live during the Rock of Talk. And then, of course, you get a, a little delay there with uh, Ben Shapiro. Not sure how much longer that's going to uh, happen. Uh, the neocon uh, Shapiro uh, uh, on, on steroids. Uh, Hannity is now tapering it back. I'm not sure if you're noticing that at all, but uh, Clay and Buck, um, you know, certainly uh, backing uh, Ukrainians, but everything as they qualify. They're going to have a Raheem Kassam tomorrow of America's. Uh, uh, he is an amazing guy, by the way. He's the one guy who helped engineer uh, the Trump victory uh, along with Steve Bannon, Stephen K. Bannon uh, right there. Coast to coast live uh, throughout the evening, and then you're going to get your paranormal, parapolitical uh, uh, talk that comes uh, directly uh, from Ground Zero, which I think is a very important talk uh, right now. Uh, Dana Lash uh, as well. So that's that's kind of where everything sits as far as the radio, its business. It's to be a good time to download the the, the podcast. Uh, excuse me, not the podcast, the apps. Um, you could watch us, which I think is getting important. Uh, remember, once your internet gets shut off, then you can't watch us. Okay, that's coming. That's coming, folks. We told you here first, that is coming. Your internet is coming down, okay? Just in case you think that your fail-safe is, well, you know, I've always got the internet. No, you do not always have the internet. It's run by satellites and technology and 5G, and that can be shut off like that, okay? Quicker than your power can get shut off. Power consumption, uh, various things like that, that's going to increase. You idiots that are running around in electric vehicles, how do you think that all this stuff even happens in the first place? Uh, where do you think all this power is going to come? If you don't think PNM and the rest of these electric utilities are going to start jacking your rates, making you pay per unit, uh, and truly like letting you know, I might suggest something to you to get something called a kilowatt. It's literally just as spelled as it sounds. I would invest in that and start figuring out uh, what you need, how you plug in, start bracing for those types of things. We've already told you, you know, you're going to need to at least save four months of living expenses uh, at this time. Okay, because there's going to be a run on the banks, and that is now inevitable uh, at this point. There's nothing you can do. Uh, once Russia defaults, which it will, once you have a war, Russia will default on its debt, which will be, I don't know, trillions of dollars. I don't know, 30, 40, 50, 60 trillion, whatever Russia has. Okay, once they default and all of that is backed by, uh, because we have essentially declared war without declaring war. Congress hasn't met, the president, uh, yeah. It's happening, okay? So at that, at that point, at that point, your money, the currency is down. I told you about the four-point crunch, okay? What's the first? And it's just happened to you, gas, okay? What are the Dow Jones Industrial Average? I don't even bother looking uh, Dow today. 
Oh, I've just been too busy looking at my Virgin Galactic tanking. Uh, the Dow went down 184 points. It currently sits at 32,632. Okay, that's gone. Okay, I've already told you where that's going. You've already, for those of you who've been following me and understand where this stuff is, I mean, off from its all-time peak of 36,799, January 4th, 2022. Uh, we are near correction. They're not letting it go to full-blown correction until it is official market cap uh, currently at 11 trillion dollars the uh, default debt uh coming from russia is going to be what four or five times that so just imagine just tanking four or five different dow jones industrial averages um <clears throat> so the, that's the four points is first is gas that's happened okay um you're going to start changing the way that you're doing things the daily weekly um you're not going to be traveling from place to place. Everything's going to cost a lot more. Everyone's going to expect this to sort of kind of come to this, you know, quick conclusion. It's not. We laid that out yesterday as to why it's not going to come to any some sort of quick resolution uh, or conclusion uh, at this point. The biggest fear we have is the inevitable. Uh, what will happen at some point, hopefully not in our lifetimes, but you will have, you know, uh, Russia has roughly about, what, 62, 6,300 uh, warheads. They can fire those off. You heard about their missile system. Hopefully you listened to that yesterday because then you're now educated as to why it's so incredibly important to uh, treat Russia with kid gloves at this point because they're reacting based upon late information. We have the highest level of technologies. However, we don't have as many warheads uh, to go ahead and uh, launch towards Russia uh, or anywhere else uh, for that matter. So we're about uh, 1,500 short uh, to where Russia is, about 5,000 to Russia's uh, 6,500, if we're literally talking about uh, oh, the war of attrition, uh, for those of you who don't understand what that means, play a game of war <laughs> with somebody in cards and just, you know, you're, it's a zero-sum game uh, at that particular point. Um, there was a uh, slight augmentation in the, um, the attack mode, if you will, uh, sort of a humanitarian uh, card that was issued and, and played by Russia. And uh, that, uh, of course... Uh, Dowd was to allow them to escape the big cities. Uh, they are absolutely going to destroy, or as uh, Mearsheimer stated yesterday, uh, Fallujah, uh, each one of those cities. So there's no doubt that that's, uh, that's going to happen. So number one, gas. Number two, uh, and expect gas to be jacked up by a buck. Okay, And uh, Biden, if you listen to his words, uh, the American people will not stand for it. I think we got an approval rating of about 26, 27% last week doubt in terms of the people who support uh, a war supporting Ukraine right. uh, because most people, so, you know, there you go. You got one quarter uh, of the portion. Uh, so that's out there. Um, <clears throat> so there it is. Um, I think we should probably at this point um, talk a little bit about Mearsheimer's uh, conversation uh, that he had with a couple of people who tried to come at him with some maybe differing points of view. Um, I don't know that it helps to blame anybody at this point. I really don't. All I know is that we could have prevented. So the only idea is to look back in 2020, but we had a video from 2015, which we played you, which would have prevented all or any of this uh, at this point. Uh, I would say that Putin is quite myopic in his approach to thing, but uh, you know, he is also, I think, a bigger patriot for Russia than Joe Biden and Democrats are of this country. Uh, yes, let me repeat that to you. Putin is a bigger patriot for the USSR, yes, we can say that now, and Russia, as he's sort of fighting for that. That's where his heart is. That's where he came from, KGB. Uh, then I think on the flip side of that, then and that was a very uh, important point to make, uh, which was the word 
I think let's all say it together since we all know it, resolve, resolve, okay? Their resolve is far greater, and we don't have as much an interest in the Ukraine. And uh, Putin certainly understands and knows this, and he's fully committed to that. Uh, one of the things that wasn't mentioned in all this was proximity. Proximity, I think, is incredibly important. You've got hundreds of miles separating some of the launch points uh, for Russia uh, versus uh, you know, thousands and thousands of miles uh, that it takes for the U.S. Uh, to go do it. You might as well go ahead at this point if you're going to go ahead and supply them and, and declare a no-fly zone, which I think is probably going to be one of the next steps. And uh, that is an explicit declaration of, of war at that point. Um, let me tell you sort of why we played what we played in that second part, okay, uh, which was talking from the University not from the University of Tennessee, but the T Tennessee Le Legislative House of, of the great state of Tennessee. And uh, Dowd, uh, since you've supplied us uh, with that, I'm going to let you run with that first, if you don't mind. Because I thought some of what's happening here, uh, if you will, is, you know, um, we'll talk about civil war. We'll talk about that as well. I think part of what's happening here is a little bit of the left, the progressives, the Democrats, all of the COVID believers, the blue staters, um, I think themselves are, are, are sort of happy that this whole other conflict is happening because it's wiping COVID from the pages because, you know, we now see Moderna, uh, we see Pfizer, we see, you know, each one of these companies appears to be from some of the words from, uh, from some of these uh, analysis and some of these doctors to have blood on their hands. And that's a kind of a scary thing uh, without, remember, these companies cannot be sued. And I think what's happening here is uh, there's a little little smokescreen uh, screening that's going on, uh, Dowd. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's pure dumb luck. Uh, sometimes I hang out on some crazy video websites online. <laughs> sometimes I listen to things for fun because they're just so crazy. Other times you stumble across real gems. This was a hearing in Tennessee fairly recently, and you had two medical doctors, uh, knowledgeable, trained, board-certified docs. Uh, one was uh, is Dr. Ryan Cole, and I believe the other one was uh, Urso, Richard Urso, and they were testifying before a uh, state legislature, not, not D.C., uh, in Tennessee, basically offering their perspective on vaccines and the efficacy of vaccines and the, the uh, what I what impressed me so much about the two doctors, and of course, having done a little research on them in the subsequent days since I ran across this, uh, all the usual sources have tried to deplatform these two gentlemen, called them, you know, paranoiacs and conspiracy theorists and, ever, but, and everything else. But what really impressed me, Eddie, I mean, you, you, I'm sure you might have noticed something else, but was both doctors' continued insistence on the idea of acquiring natural immunity and how this was just a normal part of public health until two years ago, at which point somebody pushed it off a cliff and we were never to talk about it again. And uh, I thought they were both really credible guys. I think maybe they might have gone a little too far for, for my taste here or there, but everything that I heard from them was basically confirming everything I've been reading. And I think the, if we'd had the kind of message that they had been bringing forward uh, earlier, it would have been great. Of course, these doctors are never going to testify in New Mexico, but in Tennessee, in deep red Tennessee, they were allowed, uh, and they had some great interactions, Eddie. I was kind of impressed with some of the questions that were being asked by the state legislators. So uh, I hope people got uh, some benefit from that video, and uh, that's why I sent it to you, I don't know, Friday or, or Saturday. It was just some dynamite, dynamite audio.
Yeah, really good stuff, uh, Dad, and I think everybody appreciated it yesterday. I got lots and lots of feedback. Oh, great. I listened, I listened to it actually uh, uh, twice. I actually listened to it twice, uh, which I thought was, um, you know, I don't generally spend, you know, two hours on anything, and I spent two hours on that just because it was so uh, convincing, I think so awakening uh, for all of us. Um, let's try to kind of uh, drill down a little bit on the next uh, – you know, we, we've led everybody up to this point. We told everybody what was going to happen, but not in this particular way. We sort of just looked at it from, you know, everything was already set up. Uh, I was sending some of my friends some some interesting tech. And by the way, don't send me your stupid uh, pictures of gas pumps or gas station. Like, I'm already way ahead of you. I don't need to see. We, we knew where we were going with it. So I don't need your pictures. I don't need you to tell me, you know, how much gas is here, how much gas is there. It, it's stupid everywhere. If I look at the AAA, I'll do this real quick. And, you know, while everyone's backing around in other media, oh, yeah, look at this. Uh, just today, um, you know, from <clears throat> current average um, is uh, 417 when they update that at uh, midnight tonight. This is the highest it has ever been, highest recorded average, as you have been hearing at the top of the hour. We went from 406 yesterday to 417. From a week ago, from 361 to 417. I mean, just just how look how scary that that math is. That's 55 cents. That's crazy. Okay, from a month ago, we've gone more than 55, 65, 75, 72 cents, 72 cents. Okay, in in, in more than a month. Okay, all preventable, all preventable. Now, there's a, a couple of things that um, that happen that are good for the left. Okay, yeah, Hidalgo County 437. 427 in Catcher and 420 in Sierra. Uh, these people are going nowhere. Uh, you might want to get them to rural internet now, Miss uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham. Uh, so <clears throat> if you think that that change that quick, with that shock to this many people isn't going to impact people and isn't going to impact everything, all the way from your biggest purchase from your home uh, to other durables, washing dryers, uh, you know, uh, cars, uh, purchase. If you don't think that that's going to change everything, then you don't know the first thing about energy. And hopefully this will help push back. Hopefully this will help push back this crazy zany uh, leftist push uh, for renewable energy absolutely everywhere. You're not going to combat it, you crazy Democrats, by saying, well, we need to go ahead and increase our commitment to renewable energy now. Like you have actual people. Have you, re have you read this down? It's crazy. They're actually... Uh, overstating their commitment to renewable. See, if we were 100% renewable, we wouldn't have to worry about Putin. They, oh, that's their logic. <laughs> that's their complete and total logic. That's, that's just crazy. So, anyway. And then the other thing, too, is you're going to see a lot of people who are on edge. Uh, you're going to see people who are so incredibly on edge, they're going to react and not in a good way. And these are not going to be, be people who are plugged into information. All right. Uh, this is going to hurt your poor and your minorities first. Let's make no mistake about it. And I guess I should probably launch into a little bit of a race war here uh, on this. First thing that they're going to start uh, blaming is they're going to start blaming rich white people. Well, you're going to see a rise in crime, okay? When you're seeing this type of strategy, you can contest me, say I'm wrong, I'm fanning the flames, yelling fire in a theater all you want. This isn't irresponsible. This is just preparing you, okay? You're going to see an increase in crime, not just here in Albuquerque, but throughout the rest of the country, and particularly in places where there isn't law and order, okay? Big cities, you're going to see a lot of people 
moving out of big cities in those places. You're going to look at a lot of people who have wealth. They're going to pick up, move out into the country. This is their siren call. They've been waiting for this. You've been listening to those ads forever. The food stuff. So six months, year, that's going to last for 25 years. Yeah. Those people are thinking about that very thing right now. They don't mind getting out into the RV out in the great open road and they don't give a crap. And if you try to go ahead and change the way that they think that they want to go ahead and live their lives, wherever they want to live in, uh, you know, podunk, uh, you know, USA, you got another thing coming. Stacks of ammo. Uh, I'm sure, uh, is anybody out there tracking ammo right now? Okay, love to hear you on your ammo and gun purchases. I'm sure that, I haven't looked, so it's one place I'm not an expert on. I've got what I've got and, you know, I've uh, alerted other people. Just, But I imagine that that's probably uh, going to be going up as well. If you're getting packages, expect the uh, the cost to be passed on directly towards you. I would imagine that Amazon within the next probably couple of months would no longer be able to, you know, carry that cost and carry that weight of a lot of that stuff. You know, Bezos has probably bought futures for gas for X amount of time and to kind of built that into that. I don't know that he's built it in for this amount of time um, that is coming. So, you know, these are things that you all have to start to think about. Um, and this is not alarmist. Your alarmist stuff is actually coming from the left. The alarmist stuff is uh, coming from the people who are still continuing to go after Donald Trump, the January 6th, uh, what, what was today? They had the uh, uh, Proud Boys. They brought another indictment against another Proud Boy today. It's just, you know, absolutely crazy. So uh, anyway, you're welcome to call in. We'll take your calls. Um, and I hopefully I can, it, and you'll help us test out the board. Is the delay on, Brian? <coughs> Brian? Okay, so we got seven seconds. So in case you want to. Come, I haven't gone back there. We jumped on just as soon as we can, but let's uh, let's start from the top. Let's let's look at the way the virtue signaling that comes from the from from the uh, corporate world. Okay. Now let's not forget these are the very companies who also don't champion the red, white, and blue while Donald Trump was president. <laughs> Let me repeat that: the very companies that are now virtue signaling on behalf of the Ukraine were the very same companies that were pushing back against the red, white, and blue, were pressing on with Black Lives Matter, were pressing on with LGBTQ, were pressing on with all this other stuff. We didn't have a problem with any of that stuff. Okay? We really didn't. We weren't, we weren't ramming the rest of your stuff you know, down your face either. We weren't doing that. Okay? Just like they're all doing the flip on uh, refund, defund, unfund the police. You know, where are we at now? They, Joe Biden didn't exactly speak up on behalf of read a horrible editorial article that came out from the Denver Post this morning, which was like, are you kidding? Uh, he, you're telling me that Joe Biden was never on board with uh, defund the police. Let's look at the last five years from the Democrats and what they were pushing. All right. So let's uh, let, let's start from the top. Uh, Coca-Cola. Uh, Dowd, why did you stop drinking Coca-Cola? Uh, they were instructing employees uh, at the, I think at the height of the St. George of Fentanyl uh, uh, peaceful protests in our country. They were instructing some of their Caucasian employees to act less white. Uh, of course, Coca-Cola based in Atlanta, Georgia. A lot of people, not me, call Atlanta, Georgia, the de facto capital of black America. And so Coke went big on the woke. Uh, my Coca-Cola glass, as you see here, if you're watching on television, was bought about four or five years ago before all this came out. And uh, there is no no Coke in this thing. So that's why I started my boycott. All right, there we go. Um, so let's uh, we, let's move along to, I guess, McDonald's. 
You know, McDonald's, uh, I remember they used to be the McDonald's index when I used to read The Economist, uh, you know, cover to cover. I just, I, I browse through it. It's still worth reporting on. Uh, unbelievable that uh, they, they are neocons as well. Have you noticed that? Have you read The Economist as of late, Doug? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're they're big time sort of, uh, what do they call them? Uh, uh, neo, neoliberals, I think. They're globalist neoliberals. <laughs> and really, that's what we're dealing with right now is, is globalism. You know, that's what we're dealing with. And then, of course, you have Starbucks, uh, which I think has sort of changed its position. Their president or CEO was running for president of the United States, for, or at least had an exploratory uh, committee. But we would probably put him uh, sort of right in line with Michael Bloomberg. You know, uh, really, he was an independent, uh, went to Republican, became a Democrat. I mean, he's sort of all over the board. But you know, Starbucks for a long time until they realized that the cup of coffee and their exploitation of the people who are picking the beans in Latin America uh, and Africa could uh, no longer necessarily suffice. But these three companies have suspended businesses in Russia as if we're supposed to pay attention. Does that change whether or not you were going to be dedicated, following, be purchasing Coca-Cola, McDonald's or Starbucks? Probably not. Why? Because you just don't care. You just don't care. You were hoping, and here's the political miscalculation, you were hoping to be coming out of COVID, jumping into, well, your life that you had missed out on. And then you come to realize that, holy crap, everything's going to be costing a hell of a lot more than it once was. And the world is crazy because we're taking sides and getting involved in international conflict. How did we go from hovering, cowering, scouring in our homes for any food, anything we were so poor, we're, to jumping out into an international conflict? where gas is going to impact us so much that you're now going to go back and stay home. Our hearts were with the people who are enduring unconscionable effects from these tragic events in the Ukraine. Uh, that's what Coca-Cola said. Coke said, uh, said it's suspending its business in Russia and will continue to monitor and assess the situation as circumstances evolve. Now, what's the crushing and the pressure point for a company like Coke? They sell a product that's made of cane sugar, fluid, and... It's mostly image and distributed around the world. What's what? What's the crush point of that? When do they have their, I don't know, returns? When do they get their 10K reports? When do they understand, you know, whether or not they're profitable for the quarter for the year? Yeah, that's not going to go on very long. So is it worse for us to, you know, boycott certain Russian vodka? Or is it uh, better for Vladimir Putin and for the rest of those people to decide that, well, we're going to continue on with life and stay together as we know it with our values of things that we've always consumed. Is that really going to matter that much? Do you think the people of Russia are going to be missing out on Coca-Cola, McDonald's, and Starbucks? They're virtue signaling to you to get you on board with what the country under Joe Biden is doing. You see, folks, this is propaganda is what this is. But this is bought. This is also a form of fascism. Okay. So does anybody remember what the definition of fascism is? Very easy. When big corporations get together with the help of big government to take over, and now they're changing culture, right? So you can only have this, this, and this, right? We make fun of everybody else as if uh, socialism is there. What's worse than that is uh, national socialism, which is essentially what we're getting to. We're gravitating towards that as these companies consume and eat each other, and pretty soon we're going to be able to buy X, Y, and Z. Inevitably, it's all going to come from just a couple of companies. All right, let's uh, jump into the next uh, story, shall we?
oil industry debunks Biden administration narrative meant to deflect from hostile policies as gas rock uh, prices skyrocket. So tell me a little bit about this. This is coming from the blaze, uh, Dowd. Yeah, I was glad to see. Uh, <laughs> oftentimes, uh, our trade associations, and we could cite multiple examples here in New Mexico, oftentimes they just go into t- the tank for whoever's in power. Very glad to see representatives of the American Exploration and Production Council, American Petroleum Institute, and I believe another entity called the Energy Workforce and Technology Council. Uh, big surprise, the Biden administration is blaming high gas prices on, you guessed it, evil uh, big oil. Uh, and the constant refrain is, oh, these leases that are uh, not being used. So uh, some people with knowledge of this are coming forward and saying that White House is full of uh, beans on this. Uh, that accusation is a red herring, according to the American Exploration and Production Council. It's a distraction from the fact that this administration, the Biden administration, has paused leasing on federal lands an action that went to court and is still being litigated, uh, something that we're concerned about and something we need to uh, we need to stop right away. The fact is the industry is producing at a higher level on existing leases for federal lands than it has in 20 years. The API, American Petroleum Institute, reminded the administration, uh, once you lease the land, there is a whole process that you have to go to through. First of all, you have to actually discover whether there's oil and gas on that land. Then you have to get all the various permits. Uh, right now, again, we're getting we're developing more leases than we have in two decades. So don't believe this nonsense that big oil is to blame. Uh, when you've got the trade association, the people, the various trade associates, associations in D.C. who play ball with the powers that be, and they're standing up for themselves and calling out the Biden administration, um, we're in we're in uh, unique times. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of stuff uh, before this whole setup uh, with everything was Biden's approval rating. And you know, I think a lot of that was pre, I don't know, 350 gas. People didn't care. They were on board. Uh, it was also pre, you know, the night of his State of the Union speech, which made me very, very depressed. And I can only imagine now if they were to retake uh, some of this stuff in terms of how well uh, Biden is doing. And now you got the oil industry, you know, coming out and speaking out and debunking some of this stuff. So you have both people on the left and the right uh, pushing back against Biden. Uh, Can Biden hold on to even power within his own country uh, at this point? You know, I think that's a a real question because I believe that his approval rating, uh, I think it was what, north of 35, 36 percent as of everything. That's about as high as it's going to get. It's probably going to be cut pretty close to in half. You might have uh, sort of a, a Jimmy Carter moment. And let's not forget, let's not forget what happened uh, during Jimmy Carter's administration. For those of you old enough to know, I'm not, uh, unfortunately. Um, But uh, Dow, do you remember seeing those gas lines uh, during that time? Yeah, I sat in them with my mother, yes. (laughs) Yeah, so you're about to, you're about to go through that uh, over the next couple of weeks. These are all things going to happen if you're not dealing with that already. So um, there you go. 550-5500, if you want to go ahead and call in, I'm not sure. Am I all plugged in, Brian, here? think so so i think we're um yeah i think we'll we'll re uh so i'm gonna uh, check a couple of other things here on the board and then we're gonna cut to a quick break we'll bring it back uh let's we're gonna try to run you want to run the top of the hour news right and double check that okay yeah so we're gonna do that we'll be back uh, right up to top of the hour news right here in the kiva talk to the people at usa networks uh good group of people doubt uh, you'd really like them, but I don't know that our news could get any better than it was 
uh, before, and it was like, oh my God, it's like a whole lot better. I was getting from the from the top of the hour news. So uh, you're welcome, uh, uh, Albuquerque. You're welcome, New Mexico, uh, for that good stuff. Uh, we're happy to bring it to you and happy to be part of USA Networks. And I think they have Town Hall. There was some other stuff I was looking at. Uh, like these are all bland and lame. It sounded uh, sounded like one of the guys we used to have on our air before. It was like, oh, there's nothing here. But USA Radio uh, uh, News. Uh, by the way, that's where Ground Zero is moving to. It's moving to that network, same place where um, how, uh, John B. Wells has moved to. Uh, my good friend, I should say my good friend, John B. Wells, my good friend, uh, War, Wade Allen Root. You know, him as well. So they're all over there. So War, raw. So he's on there as well. So back after a quick break uh, right here in the Cuba. Music is the great communicator on makeusgodlyagain.com. Sometimes we just need a pick-me-up. MakeUsGodlyAgain.com It's made Albuquerque famous, Breaking Bad, and The Candy Lady, a national landmark, and an Old Town anchor for almost 40 years. Right here at 424 San Felipe and on the web at CandyLady.com. A tribute to Breaking Bad and a spectacular taste sensation that you'll never find anywhere else. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. This is Jeffrey Candelaria from Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. If you're tired of those old Wall Street cliches, give Pavlos Panagopoulos and his team a call at 505-828-4068 or his website, myfinancialsense.com. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Satera Advisor Networks and Satera Advisor Networks is a member of the Securities Investors Protection Corporation. Call 505-828-4068. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The European Union is pledging to cut its Russian gas imports by two-thirds by the end of this year. The EU imported around 45% of its gas from Russia last year, according to the International Energy Agency. This as congressional lawmakers are finalizing a government funding bill that would include $12 billion in aid to Ukraine amid Russia's invasion of the country. Senate Majority Leader from New York, Chuck Schumer, calling for quick action when that bill is ready for a vote. The events in Ukraine have necessitated action, and we need to get this done and get it done very fast. The proposal that we've made on Ukraine is strong. Ukraine's president is thanking President Biden for banning Russian oil and gas. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I really love this product. I really do. I do a lot of kayaking and hiking and skydiving and stuff like that. I'm very active, but I did notice that, hey, time was catching up. And, you know, I wasn't at the stamina where I used to. But ever since I've taken this stuff, I feel great. I've been hiking a lot and even longer than I was usually hiking before I started taking Balance of Nature. I feel like I can go on all day long. It's a great feeling. It's just stuff like out of the Jetsons, you know what I mean? Here's the pill, boom, there you go. You got all the nutrients you need. 
Start your journey to better health with Balance of Nature right now. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com for more information or to place your order. Shipping is always free. And don't forget to get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer by using discount code USA. Arrests are made in a shooting near a school in Iowa. From the USA Radio News Washington, D.C. Bureau, John Hunt has the details. Six teenagers have now been arrested on murder charges stemming from a drive-by shooting outside of Des Moines, Iowa High School that left a 15-year-old boy dead and two female students critically injured. The teenager who was fatally shot is believed to have been the attended target. The two wounded teenage girls remain in the hospital with life-threatening injuries. In addition to first-degree murder charges, each of the suspects were charged with two counts of attempted murder. McDonald's is closing up shop in Russia. The fast food giant is temporarily shuttering 850 of its locations in Russia as the country continues its assault on Ukraine. McDonald's CEO wrote in a letter that the chain will continue to pay 62,000 Russian employees. This is USA Radio News. Test one, two. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroot. If you like my radio show, you're going to love my podcast, War Raw. Each podcast, I present my top 10 most outrageous, salacious, and controversial stories of the week. I break down the best of the best raw truth stories for conservatives, libertarians, patriots, taxpayers, Trumpers, and deplorables. Anyone who appreciates God, guns, gold, and tax cuts will stand up and cheer for War Raw. Check out this week's War Raw podcast right now. It's available to download at iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. War Raw. War Raw. According to energy executives, it's the White House that's spreading misinformation. The White House is not being truthful regarding America's energy crisis. Energy industry representatives pushed back on a comment from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki Monday regarding unused oil and gas leases as a major contributor to skyrocketing fuel prices. American Petroleum Institute President and CEO Mike Summers on Fox Business. Right now, we actually are developing more leases than we have in two decades. So the White House certainly doesn't have their facts straight on this. What they should be focused on is how we develop more of our resources here in the United States rather than depending on foreign countries for American oil oil and natural gas. Mr. Summers also said the Biden administration needs to create the proper regulatory environment for oil and gas leases. Lance Pry reporting from the USA Radio News West Coast News Bureau. Broadcasting legend Dick Vitale says he's cancer-free. The 82-year-old sportscaster posting to Twitter saying his March Madness starts with a W, baby. Vitale saying in October he'd received a second cancer diagnosis after undergoing several surgeries to remove a melanoma. Aaron Rodgers is pumping the brakes on reports that he's reached a new deal with the Green Bay Packers after reports said the quarterback had agreed to a four-year, $200 million deal. The quarterback tweeted it wasn't true. For USA Radio News, I'm Tim Berg. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I'm Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk on AM 1600 KIBABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Hour two coming at you on our new board and all our new technology. Just trying to make it all work here with the. I got, I got my. Uh, my earphones here and a little bit of a, a twizzle. Is that even a word, twizzle? It sounds like something that someone would use to market something. D-Dow 2, uh, D-Dow Muska, how are you? Oh, let's uh, I, I, I'm, 
I'm well, sir. I'm kind of doing a little bit of research right now. We're going to get to this later in the show, I'm sure, Eddie, in terms of the United States government and who the United States government is allied with, who the United States government gives billions of dollars in foreign aid to. Uh, we're buddy-buddy with some of the worst regimes on Earth oh, sure. and we're perfectly comfortable having mm -hmm. full diplomatic relations with them, having trade relations with them, mm -hmm. giving them billions of your dollars, ladies and gentlemen, and to make Vladimir Putin the, the greatest Satan since Adolf Hitler. And I'm in no way defending what the man has done in the Ukraine. I think he probably should have taken measures short of war. I think he could have cut off Europe from 40% of its natural gas. That would have been a really powerful use of the energy weapon without killing people. But I think he probably has gone too far. But the idea that the entire consensus across the political spectrum, for the most part, the media consensus, the corporate America consensus is we all have to get behind this crusade because Zelensky is the world's greatest hero and Putin is the world's greatest villain. You people have no knowledge of your government at all. You have no knowledge of international relations at all. You have no knowledge of how international energy markets work at all. And uh, keep, keep doing what you're getting, folks, and you'll keep getting more of what we're getting. Yeah, it's uh, pretty bad. All right, let's test a call. How about that? Uh, let's do this. All right, caller, you are our first. No. Hello. Yeah, that's not going to work. That was bad. It's got a lot of echo when it comes out of the calling. We got our engineer here, so he's hammering through all of us with us. And I already know that voice, so I appreciate that. I haven't heard him in a while. Let's get to all your texts. There's lots of them out here. Uh, Eddie, uh, Robbie here once again, and yes, it's been a while. I thought that you'd like to know that George Takai, Mr. Sulu of Tar Track, uh, a Hollywood elitist who is worth millions of dollars, has called upon everyday working Americans to sacrifice during this time. Uh, he wants to sacrifice, Doug. Make, make, make the ultimate sacrifices for, for, uh, of high gasoline prices so we can put the screws on Putin. Uh, needless to say, Mr. Takai is also a lockstep Biden supporter. Uh, by the way, I've seen one likely affected the inflation and high gas prices. Just today, as I returned to the apartment complex at which I reside, I saw upwards of 20 late rent notices. I'd never seen so many such notices before, maybe five at any one time. That is scary. It was one of the things that you guys can definitely do. I mean, if your landlord is forced to, uh, and I can imagine some level of coordination uh, that, uh, that occurs from one renter to the other uh, during that, say, I'm not going to pay. Are you going to pay? I'm not going to pay. I'm gonna... He can't kick all of you out, right? Is that, that the idea? So um, that would be called squatting. Just to let you know if you don't pay the rent. Uh, <clears throat> impeachment is too good for Biden. All of this is his fault. Our oil companies are being treated like a terrorist state. Iran is getting even better treatment. So uh, there you go. Let's see. Let's try it one more time. Paul, oh, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. How about me? Do I sound like God? Uh, you sound better. Uh, of course, it's going to be David who's going to be checking in. You sound good. Hey, hold on one second, David. Hey, Brian. Uh, he, this one's coming in nice and solid all the way through. Let's make sure it's not just stay on the line, David. We'll have him. I've welcomed that. If they, David's going to help out by testing the line, that's fine. All right. Call you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hey. Hey. All right. There it goes. That's Mr. Otagon. I think that's, uh, who, 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 who's calling? Oh no, that's not, that's the, the prank caller. The guy who pretends to be retarded, uh, and then hopes that I insult him so I could look bad on uh, radio. He's been calling for years. Okay, so uh, there he is, David. Uh, how are you? Thanks for calling in. Thanks for helping us test the lines. Anything on your mind? I, I know it's. I know one subject that's always on your mind, but is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Yes, 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 yes. 
Just kidding, 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 kidding. Um, how's the board working? Uh, good. Thank you. Thanks for helping us. That, yeah. That's really all I needed. <laughs> well, well, I need more, though. I need more. I always need more. Oh, you I'm know sorry. Me. Uh, can, uh, Brian, did you get my cash register out? I wanted to start charging people who called in. Because remember now, if you're driving cool. around at the cur- uh, current prices of $5, you're currently uh, driving at, you know, you know, 4.30. It takes 19 and a half minutes. Or you can uh, you can get the entire month for just $5 uh, directly at rockertalk.chat. That's the way it works. Anything else, David? Yeah, here's my credit card number. So no, uh, uh, you said you're scheduling. You got uh, John B. Wells. Where, where are you going to put put him in your in your? No, schedule? I'm not putting him anywhere. Uh, John B. Wells is at oh. 8 p.m. on Saturday. He's part of a network of of talkers. That's part of a group that I work with. So yeah. Yeah. Well, for for a long, long, long a long, long time, I uh, never had a chance to get to it. But but John wanted me to ask you to play his program on your station. So I'm finally do, getting do around you know, to. Do you actually know who the first person who put him on any network station? Uh, are you are you aware that you're actually speaking to the person who talked to him uh, off of coast to coast? You're talking to the one guy that's been talking to John B. Wells for years. So I don't I, know what you're I talking figured, about. I, I, I figured I figured I figured that was the case. I okay. figured that was the case. Yeah, I'm but, not going to um, play him every night, though. Sorry, the the show is okay, well, that's, not going to happen. Yeah, I think that I think I think that's what I think that's what he was uh, interested in. Oh. And, and he. Yeah, yeah. And when I when he he did also say he wanted to punch you in the face. I don't know. And then he kind of chuckled. I don't know what that's all about. He just said, mm-hmm. I asked why, why is that? And he said, Oh, you know, Eddie, just cause he's Eddie. He wanted to punch you in the face. Oh, oh. But, um, there you go. Yeah. All right, David. Hey, yeah. we're going to do a show here. I appreciate the uh, personal this anecdotes. Is a show, man. This is a- I appreciate that. That's a uh, very good five fifty fifty five hundred. If you want to go ahead and text in, I'll be my last call for the day. All right. Here's a theory. Dismantle oil and gas, crush economy and a ploy to sell build back better green new deal. What do you think about that as a theory? That's not too far-fetched. I think that's I think that's in line. That's uh, definitely in line with the types of stuff that the Clinton. You see, the Clintons uh, restarted their Clinton Foundation. Oh, I got to get my checkbook out. Yeah, get your checkbook. Uh, you got a time to donate. We've got a good cause. Write your check for a good cause. The Ukraine is what they want. These people are crazy. No, they're 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 totally delirious. Is what they are. Uh, no delay. Oh, so we're not no delay now. Huh? Of period or. Okay, so we'll work on that. We got to we got to do that one delay before uh, our guy has to head back up north. Okay, <clears throat> Eddie, what you're saying about internal conflict is correct. It's absolutely correct. I have been saying this for years. All the people on the duel will go looking for what they want when the economy collapses. Yeah, does anybody see the road? I would uh, suggest you watch the road right about now. It's the uh, the worst of the worst. Uh, we are already seeing that in places like San Francisco in L.A. There you go. Thank you for the quick dump of David. What a loon. President Putin does not care about how everything affects his people in his country. President Putin has everything he needs in his refrigerator to sustain a happy life. I don't know that I was, uh, I don't know that I was uh, vouching for him worrying about that the people. I just know that he believes in the Soviet Union. I know that he believes in Russia. I know that he believes and their ties to that country are far stronger than you guys who are selling about the evil empire of the United States of America. Trust me, the resolve is there, ladies and gentlemen, the resolve is there. And uh, we will not beat Russia. You heard that yesterday. We told you that. We'll do exactly how it will happen. Uh, Let's see. Russia is the, get this doubt. I'm going to go slow here. 
Number one exporter of natural gas. Number two exporter of oil. Number three exporter of coal. Number one exporter of wheat. I didn't know that. Yeah, breadbasket, yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got number two exporter of rye. Number two exporter of barley. Your beer is going to be more expensive. Huh? There it is, folks. Uh, number three exporter of potatoes. French fries going up. Number two exporter of potash fertilizer. Number five exporter of nitrogen fertilizers. That's the that's the real constraint. Fertilizer right now. So expensive. Number three, exporter of phosphate fertilizer. I don't know the difference between phosphate and nitrogen. I'm not a scientist. Dow, do you? Uh, yeah. The, the, the prime, you know, when people buy the gardening uh, bags where it says 10, 10, 10, 10, 20, 30, those are the three primary uh, uh, components that good soil needs. Got it. Okay. I know you would know that as an uh, apple farmer. Uh, number three, exporter of nickel. Nickel doubled. A friend of mine told me nickel doubled overnight. Norilsk Nickel is a big concern over there. Norilsk, the big, the big company. Yep, nickel. Yep. Uh, number two exporter of copper. Number two exporter of copper. Number X. Number four exporter of gold. Hope you grabbed uh, gold, baby. What's what's gold at right now? Gold's got to be at what? Twenty three hundred. Twenty four hundred. See, it's a gold per ounce. I haven't even looked at this. The uh, gold price today. Here we are. Oh, 205760. Uh let's see, went up another ten bucks today. There it is. That's not yeah. Elko Elko County, Nevada is loving life right now. Yeah, there you go. Uh number six exporter of silver. Silver up to twenty six seventy-three. Ooh. Wow. Remember when uh, silver was only five, six bucks? Jeez. Platinum at uh, twelve hundred, palladium at uh, thirty four hundred. There we go. So isolating Russia from world markets is not going to hurt us. Yeah. Boy, we are playing this all wrong. Let's see. Uh, Biden can kiss. Biden all with him and around him can kiss my shillelagh. I don't know what the shillelagh is, but I'm, a, I'm uh, assuming that's the posterior region. <clears throat> don't worry, Eddie. The poor will soon be getting EBT gas cards. No, they will not. No, they will not. Did you wear your mask? Did you get vaxxed? Those people will get their gas cards. Okay. If you wear your mask, you get vaxxed, and you sign on board with what they say is patriotic. How long is it going to be before they say all these people who you voted for, if they get this national socialism going, Dowd, and before they say that I'm an anti-American, you're anti-American, if we don't sign on with them, you know, oh, yeah. and throwing us out of the wheelchair out of the third floor. That's the worst scene I've ever seen in any movie, by the way. Literally wept. Don't worry, Eddie. The poor will soon be getting EBT gas cards, and all the working stiffs don't qualify, while those... We don't have to drive to jobs. We'll qualify. Wow. Why do they need gas then? To shop at Walmart? To drive to the casinos? To play bingo? I think they need EBT bingo cards as well. I, that is, that's, that's a great tax. Okay. I'm glad you're maintaining your sense of humor there, Steve. It's, it's, it's important. It's important. Yeah, you're going to need that during this time. Okay. Hey, EBT blackjack? That. EBT roulette? Oh, my EBT God. poker? <clears throat> 30 years ago, Ukraine gave up their nuclear arsenal for guaranteed protection from the United States and Russia. Look how good that worked out uh, for them. Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dave. Keep it clean, Dave. Go ahead. 
Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's a given. Talking about totalitarianism, because that seems to be where we're going on our way towards. Totalitarianism is a system of government under which every branch of life is organized and integrated with the rest. You make it sound like uh, we're we're like like we're enjoying going in this direction. Uh, your tone totally sucks when it comes to that, uh, but I appreciate uh, your your presentation of totalitarianism. Can you give it some totalitarian oomph and presentation here? According to a complete ideological program, it implies a synthesis of all political, economic, social, intellectual, and religious functions. You're showing your colors, Dave. Uh, Implying a Russian (laughs) accent accent does not uh, give me the type of... Not not everyone says uh, the people of Russia are evil. I mean, that's the way you... Looking I at I was going yeah, no, yeah. you're still missing the point. Uh, these days, Dave, I think if you want to use an accent uh, for totalitarianism, you might want to try like Cambridge, Massachusetts, because those yeah. are those seem to be the people who are really controlling this lately. <laughs> what else? What yeah, else, yeah. Dave? What else you got? Okay, let me finish up this little part here. Oh well, we uh, we we, uh, we don't need it. We try, there's plenty of show notes every single day. I don't finish up. Uh, I mean, I'd love to let you finish up, but. I prefer that you speak okay. rather than read. So, is there anything else? We we're yeah, we're, we're perfectly uh, capable. We're perfectly capable of reading on our own, uh, Dave. We can go on the internet, and I don't know if you use the conspiracy theorists that you know uh, that use Google or, or DuckDuckGo or whatever. We we can do all that stuff. But I'm more interested in your opinion. Go ahead. Okay, from what I've been able to glean off of this whole thing, the fascism, totalitarianism, the leftist ideology that we're currently dealing with here in the United States with New World Order and all that stuff. These people have actually probably done their homework and burned the books after they were done studying so nobody else could figure out what they were doing. Because the the whole idea is that it's basically supplanting religion with state ideology, and those who don't wish to comply are considered outliers that are worthy of, as we have seen with uh, the jab and all that stuff. But, but Dave, let me of- interrupt you here. You don't have to supplant religion if people don't believe in God. People believe in themselves. I mean, it's just uh, it, 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 you don't have to substitute anything for Christ when people are perfectly capable of substituting themselves for Christ, uh, including every elected politician that you know. Um, every single, you know, uh, I don't know, every boss and CEO that you pretty much know at this point. I mean, everybody is walking around with God complexes. Uh, that's part of the problem. So, you know, I'm just going to just throw that out there. It's not like it has to be replaced or someone having to work on it. They already got you, you know, fat, happy and comfortable. So you're happy to go ahead and, you know, I see people, you know, like at airports, very interesting. Let me, let me share this with you. People can't even get through airport security lines right now. Okay. Because they have no idea where their anxiety is come from, coming from, Dave. They, the anxiety is, is high. They feel a buzz, okay? I just, I just literally stayed at a hotel, okay, where people were masking up. Where people were masking up, and it was 100% masking. And they were totally happy to go on board and, and to stay on board with, with the masking and all that, if, it, if that's what was being asked of them, asked them. And you see a lot of stupid people, particularly a good portion of these people, older who want to just ignore and pretend that they didn't contribute to this crap, that they didn't vote in Joe Biden, that they didn't hate Donald Trump. They want to feel as if, oh, my, my house, the price of my house is going up. 
you know, my, uh, this is suddenly working for me. Uh, yeah. Um, well, what are we going to do th this summer? Th they're planning for the future as if it's already a reality. I'm literally pointing my finger with my eyes and looking at these people and he can't even get through the line. Where's my camera? Where like, dude, stop the freak out. Stop the freak out, old man. Okay. We're not, we're not, we're not guaranteed. No, not you. I'm telling the, the guy in the guy, the guy in the, in line in front of me at the, uh, uh, where do you get uh, cavity, deep cavity search? Even though that never happens. I just like to say that because everybody tries to act like these guys at TSA, they're asleep. They don't care. Big time. The people at the TSA, they don't give a damn what you come through the line with. They're like, they're checked out. If you come through with something that seems to be something they don't recognize, and, and most of these people don't understand like beauty products and, you know, various other stuff, they don't know what to do with it. All they know is that what it weighs, and I've never been to a store like that, and I work for the TSA. That That's what they understand, right? And they're just going to truck that stuff right off. They, they don't care what it is. You could use it, put it on your head. like, oh, this is what I use it. No, nope, nope. It uh, excuse it. So let me let me say this. This guy couldn't get through the line. He couldn't perform, you know, and when they're when they're assessing you for long term care, you basically they give you a test where you have, you know, six basic per, uh, functions that you have to perform. OK, you have to perform. And if you can perform three of those basic functions, then you are eligible for long term care. <laughs> At this point, the guy in front of me trying to get through the line is eligible for long term care. You think we're going to be able to save this country following the older generation at this point? All these people right, care right. about is being that happy and that they don't have to uh, war or play anything and they can flip on their Fox News and their CNN and have somebody tell them how great the world's going to be and they can get together with their financial planners, they can get together with the retirement guys, they can get together with all these guys, and so they don't have to pay attention to the crap world that they left behind. They don't have to pay attention. And they can say, well, I went and got my shot. Well, I went and put on my mask. Well, I went and... Like, while you were sitting there with your head in the sand, though, you pissed away the rest of the world. You literally just pissed it away. Because you were too stupid or paying too much attention to yourself to pay attention for the next generation. I don't even know what to tell my kids. I'm, I'm, I'm Right now, I've got my son sending me Ukrainian flags because he's being virtue signaled in his Catholic school. Oh, and I'm saying to myself, and I'm saying to myself, I'm saying, okay, I'll talk to you about that. When we get together, I'll talk to you about that. We're going to have that conversation. Okay. So I can explain the way to look at the world. And the way that I said to him this here, I'll, I'll, I'll write, I'll, I'll read you. Dave, I, I don't want to, uh, I'll have you listen online. Okay. You can I continue to listen. Let me, let me just, this is so important. <clears throat> Okay, so <clears throat> so I tell him, you know, you know, I guide him and try to get him through these things, and very likely he's listening. So that's a that's a good thing. Okay, um, here's what I shared with him. I said, when I was a boy about your age, I was really into two things: maps and dinosaurs and planets. History, right? Where I'm at, and how big the universe is. Okay, <laughs> generally young children. Okay. Generally, young children don't know 
about the world. They don't know how big it is. They don't know how small it is. And they're trying to define things and they're trying to create a world. Imagine a world trying to be created on in their small little universe, whether or not you have to wear a mask or not wear a mask. Imagine a big world. They don't know where they can go, what they can do, right? And then it's like, well, they hear about these scary things. How do I address them? Where do I go? What do I do? Where's uh, Ukraine? Where's Russia? Who is Vladimir Putin? Imagine just how incredibly scary it must be to be a young child looking at that. So I said, I was really into two things, maps, dinosaurs, and planets. And I really read a lot, and I love the stars and planets. Right about now, you're probably wondering how big the world really is. I remember uh, what it was like to be your age. I also used to draw a lot of spaceships, and I used to draw a lot of diagrams. I don't know why I would always, like, draw dots and connect dots. I was very, very good at math. I will share my report card with you. I, I got straight A's when I was uh, his grade. Okay. I was such a good speller. I almost won the entire spelling bee in the school. I just learned, learned, learned. I want you to follow your interests, right? Follow your heart. Where's your interests? Where are your hearts? I want you to learn the more that you learn. And then my dad, my way of connecting with my dad, uh, interestingly enough, was through something called an Atari 400. We used to just play Pac-Man all the time. So that's kind of what it is. And, you know, he's worried about how well he does and all these things. And all of a sudden I said, right now, with all the things going on in the world, you can talk about whatever. That you can do what you want with, with radio. You can express yourself. You can seize the world. You can save the world. You can, you know, kind of guide the world. You can educate the world. You can get educated by other people. I said, uh, you know, because I get, you know, I'm still on 500 some odd tech. Sports, video games, politics, your day. And then he sends me a Ukrainian flag. And I'm like, oh, that's him trying to impress upon me that he's aware of what's going on in the world. He sends me a Ukrainian flag. I said, yep. Ukraine is not really that big a deal. I will talk with you more about that, on how to think about things. Just like I have told every one of our listeners, your biggest job is focused on being your age, okay? And I give him the app and immediately he's like, bing, bing, I know how to get it. And you know, I give him permission and he's all set to go. Dictionary Dave comes in or Dave or the guy who acts like he's retired, or all of our listeners come in, okay? And they don't know what to do. They, 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 they don't know what to do. Everyone's looking during this time for guidance. I, I'm very bad at many things, I suppose. Okay. Dowd is, is self-critical and he says he's very bad at a lot of different things. Okay. Dowd and I are very honest about what we're not good at, what we can, what we can't do, forest for the trees, all that kind of stuff. What we are incredibly good at is a very worthless skill in most realms with the exception of the fact that we're happen to be on radio and we write and we read. We never stop learning. Okay. Apart from, I mean, I'm good at sales. I can sell all day if I, I really want to. Okay. Not a great time to sell anything. How to think about things is more important than what to think about. You can think about whatever you want to think about. I don't care. I don't care what you're focused on. And neither should anybody else be other than what you decide you want to be focused on. If you like a certain type of movie, you like a certain type of this, a certain type, who cares? Nobody cares. But with whatever, whatever realm that you happen to be in, this one happens to impact more things. And if you think that politics doesn't matter, I know that it matters more than absolutely everything in the entire world, period, the end. Markets, everything is driven by decision makers and leaders and people are controlling those, those G lines. 
And people come into the Kiva, people come to the Rock of Talk, people come to the Dow 3000 every single day. And that's not me talking about me and the third person I'm talking about the show. So before you start running off of the mouth, he's thinking about that. Teaching and showing and telling you about how we think about the world will hopefully help you understand how to think about stuff, to not react. For example, my time running for mayor, my time running for CD1, my time running for state party chair, or my time, you know, going to Washington, D.C. when I worked up for Senator Bingaman or when I worked uh, up in Washington, D.C. working with different people and Dowds lived in Washington, D.C. Like we can give you that type of guidance. We can give you that type of, you know, big 30,000 foot view of the world. And so we're trying to impart upon people on how to think about stuff because that's the difficult part. The difficult part for all of you is you're busy trying to live your life, raise your children, kiss your husbands, kiss your wives, you know, trying to go to work, come home, mask, no, I don't know who knows what, who's telling you what to do. I can't imagine your day. You can't imagine mine. Well, you could, but you, you, you would, you would fail miserably. And I will tell you that if we can impart just a little bit to make your day and insight a little bit better, not hammer around and guide traffic. And it, you know, that's not why you come here. You come here to get some level of understanding and insight because we have taken the time to spend a little bit more time reading and speaking and talking. We've been through things. Okay. I can't tell you how to make more money as an investment guy. I can't take you to tell you how to, you know, uh, heal yourself. That's why we have, you know, Dr. Summers or Michael Trujillo or, you know, Tom Crow or any of the, you know, Greg's and any of these guys that are on the radio and they can tell you, they can help you. That's what they specialize. That's what, that's what they focus in. But if every single day you and I can get together, we can tell you how, how to uh, think about things then maybe you'll be less afraid. You'll be more willing to discuss and talk as opposed to run, cower, fear, bully, whatever, when it comes to this information. Get together with your affinity groups on some sort of level of social media, which is total crap. These bully forums that go on and on and on. As we've all found, if all of that led us to this point, then what good was it? If everything that we've done over the last four years, if your greatest strength was screaming at the top of your lungs on your knees as Donald Trump's getting inaugurated, and that's what you're most well known for, then you have the most pitiful life of any person that I could possibly think of. The best life that I could think of is a man who's minding his own business. You can't pay a man enough money to mind his, I can't pay him a doubt enough to mind his own business. And his business is the world. That's his scope. That's his focus. Not kids, not anything else. His dogs, but that's about it. So let's help each other. Let's, let's help each other think through all of these things. And I think that that's really, really important. People don't want to be told that what they were right and what they're wrong about. I think we're at that point, right? I mean, we need, we all need each other. We're all Americans. We're all supposedly on the same side, but we're not. And one of the things that I definitely have to talk with everybody about is the fact that there's an impending civil war because the stresses that are happening on the outside that are driven by resources that are going to constrain you and try you. And folks, the unemployment rate has never been lower in many of these red states are going to absolutely combust the rest of this country. Why? 
because many of you will look for somebody to blame because that's the skill that you learned. Your skill that you've learned is to blame somebody for the things that have happened to you. You're the victim. You're the victim every single situation in time. Generationally, absolutely. I would say Gen, Gen Z, Gen Y, Gen X, boy. The greatest generation, if this is what they've left behind, the Joe Biden generation, if this is the crap that they left behind, we can blame them for every bad idea that has uh, uh, come. There's no, no question in my mind. And I will continue to blame them for what they've done. They have basically usurped the greatest wealth in the history of this country and left literally nothing behind. No ideas, no great works, no great writing, no great books. We've all passed the time through crap stuff like movies, miniseries, I don't know, whatever you guys are binge watching. Now, that's, that's about all we've seen from this generation. That's what you have left behind. And more things to do with our leisure time and more crap to buy. That's where we're at right now. Coming out of COVID, we're supposed to worry about the next generation of, you know, 60 to 90-year-olds about how they've uh, taken care of us. They're too busy taking care of themselves right now. The people who have to go ahead and live for the next 20, 30, 40 years, they're not really sure what to do with themselves. They're supposed to be in the highest earning potential of their entire lives, and they're about to inherit the worst economy generationally that they will ever see in the history of this country since it began. Why? Because it's the pain threshold of control, inflation, devaluation. 246 years this country has been on. For the last 130 years, it's been absolutely great. The industrial age brought in some of the very best. The computer age has brought in the very worst because we've gravitated towards the lowest common denominator. We found more ways to do even less or more, less and less with even more and more instead of do more and more. We're at our lowest level of productivity we possibly can instead of thinking about our highest possibilities. Thinking about ways that we can get along. And Nope, it's all about what he got, what they did, how much money that person has, everybody doing conspicuous consumption. Thorstein Vlebling wrote about this. And this is very important. We're too busy warring with our neighbors, with each other, with ourselves. Because we're projecting an image of what we hope to be, and you're never going to be that. So why try in the first place? And in, in fact, folks, you're good enough. You don't need to feel bad. You don't need to go ahead and gloat. Because either way, you're both being fed to the worms, at the, ultimately at the end of the day. That's where we're all headed, each and every single one of us. So when I make this world a little bit better place and think about somebody who might need the help, I'm not talking about monetarily. I'm not talking about going and working in a homeless shelter. That's all, that's all for show, right? Vanity is vanity. You want to get biblical? Vanity, vanity. The world is vanity. You want to go Ecclesiastes? You want to go with wisdom on me? You want to go with all your biblical stuff? Oh, no, 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 no. Vanity is vanity. All this virtue signaling coming from your churches or you leftists or all you kind of how great your life is. Doesn't matter if there's World War III, does it? Does it honestly matter? If this is the culmination of coming after taking care of ourselves, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I took my pills and I got my this and took my shots and did all, okay. And, and we're, we're saving you up for what exactly? Why are we saving you up? But what, what, what's, what's the next thing you're going to call? I enjoy to, I deserve to enjoy the next 30, 20 years of my life. Do you now? How about, how about us? How about the people who are out there working, trying to make things happen? How about the crap world that we inherited? Do you think 
Do you think we're, we're going to be that excited about the next 20, 30 years of our lives? This is the crap that you left behind. So you can go ahead and uh, get a little bit better this, a little bit better that. We know, we know you care. We know you, you, you care about this country. At least you say you do. You fly the flag. You, 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 you go to church. You genuflect. You, you wave the, you know, you, you do everything you possibly can. But, but, but do you, do you commit the next generation? Isn't that what we're all alive for? I'm alive for my kids. You're alive for your kids. I mean, that's why we're all here at the end of the day. I mean, I'd like to tell Dow to close his ears, but generally speaking, I don't trust anybody who doesn't have children. <laughs> There's a reason why. You don't have anything to live for but yourself. There's different types of love. There's agopic love. There's philosophic love. Right? And there's the eros, right? You know, that's, that's sort of a love for yourself. I don't know what tomorrow is, but 3-9 was the lowest point in the market. I follow everything on seminal dates. I follow everything on a very important dates because I think it's very important because I know that these people who are doing a lot of these things, they're doing it how? They're coordinating on whatever. I think people were tossing, weren't people tossing stars out last week to us, Dowd? I think they were like, oh, where, where, where were you at in the Zodiac? <laughs> All the hocus pocus. Okay. I do know one thing. They do like dates. And I knew they, I know they like to execute things on those particular dates. And you have to understand you have to understand that those things are important to them, right? There's a few good things that Q actually came up with. Symbols will be their downfall. Ultimately, yes, that is true. They like to brag, do it out in front of you, right in front of your eyes, let you know what they're doing. It's a, it's a form of like power. Let, let, let them know that you're doing it to them and watching them sort of go along with it and then finally delivering the final blow. I've been through a lot. Dowd's been through a lot. We've all been through a lot. You've been through a lot. COVID-19. Okay. Right. The greatest scam in the history of man. Big time. Latest, biggest scam in the history of man. <laughs> step up, step up right here. COVID-19 is here. <laughs> Sacrifice your individuality, your jobs, your mat, your, your lives to us. Come right on in and sit down next to the Fiji mermaid and the bearded lady. <laughs> those people who decided, yeah, those are all one big surfer. Those people who decided to go ahead and fight and stand up for themselves, I'm proud of you. You should be proud of yourselves. You're vindicated. One person wrote to me yesterday. She stated that. She says, you know, I feel vindicated. You, you know, you don't feel vindicated. You are vindicated. It's fact. Literally factual. And the rest of these people are so crazy. I get death threats. Get threat. I got another one last night in the middle of the night. People just like, oh, you shouldn't be. Oh. You, I'm going to pay you a visit when you least expect it. How about, how about you deal with that kind of stuff? Because I'm talking about this. Maybe, you know, telling the truth in times like these. I mean, you could take... Talkers from all across the country. I guarantee you will not have another talk show host talk to you the way that I'm talking to. You will not. Find anyone, anywhere, anytime. Don't try to Alex Jones me either. Hey, Alex is, 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 is off the reservation, as they say some days. Okay? But he is also a tremendous patriot with a big heart. And maybe he's a little bit out there on some things. And that's fine. But, you know, Alex... 
is somebody that I cannot put down. Clyde is somebody I cannot put down. These guys are committed, and it's not to their bottom line. I don't think that Alex is making any money, and I doubt Clyde is making that much money. They're very committed to their concepts about things, and unfortunately for all of us, they've been right on just about everything. And I happen to share pretty close birthdays with both of those guys. Maybe it's something in the stars, as they say. <sighs> Dow, do you have a couple of write-ups? We've got uh, Zanetti coming at 6 uh, p.m. I'm going to give you the next 20 minutes. Uh, we started out the show uh, today. We're trying out. My engineer's running around. Thanks, Brian, for all that you do. Uh, he wants to test some microphones. Hey, uh, you want to test some microphones while we're uh, doing this on live? Well, uh, uh, Dowd saddles up and uh, gets a couple of his writings. Do you want to do that? Because He's got to head back up north. And, you know, driving up north is treacherous times these days. There's, there's criminals with, you know, 10, 15 DUIs. There's, yeah, there's, there's yeah, people who, it's the story of that woman, you know, wiping out the, the police officer and the firefighter. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just why she was on the road. Yeah, Eddie, I'll, I'm happy to to, to uh, walk point for a little while if you want. I, I, you know, I would just yeah. add to your thoughts. I've been taking down, you really, you, people might have heard a lot of clicking over the last couple of minutes because I was really moved by Mr. Aragon's. Let me get the quote here. How to think about things is more important than what to think about. Um, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Uh, I think how Americans think about themselves today and, and have been thinking about themselves for a long time. I think we've been going, we've gone on particularly the younger generations, but I think it's infected even middle-aged people, uh, my age and maybe even a little older. I don't think this is an older, younger fight. Uh, I think our culture is really getting permeated with all sorts of problems. Um, we've been on a victimization fetish. We've been easily offended. Uh, at the same time, grabbing for all the free cash we can. Uh, and I'm looking at you, Social Security and Medicare people, but it's not just just you. Now we have this vis the visuals of a European country being blown up, and you can add the Ukrainian people to your victimization fetish and kind of shoehorn them in, rope them into your life, try to tie yourself and find some meaning to that, get your retweeting, put your Ukrainian flag on your house, uh, you know, do do all of that and uh, look look very, very good to your neighbors. This weekend, I was listening to an interview by someone who was talking about the concept of luxury beliefs, luxury beliefs. It's basically virtue signaling, um, first world problems. Look at how virtuous I am. I don't have to think about the consequences of the ideas that I'm backing or the policy solutions that uh, I, I, I think are right. Uh, there's never any accountability. No one's ever held to account. I, I'm just, I grew up at a different era in a Catholic world where you were held to account for your actions in our family, in our community. And I imagine a lot of listeners have, have as well. Uh, previous generations didn't have to do this because they were too busy trying to survive and put, uh, as I believe one of our former presidents said, put food on their family. And in a sense, we're the victims, I've said it before, of, of capitalism's massive productive power. Uh, we're, we're fat, rich, stupid, uh, and happy. And I think the flight from meaning in whatever form it used to take uh, has enabled people to buy into this. Uh, and again, I will never apologize or defend anything Vladimir Putin uh, is doing. But the idea that you can say asinine things, you know, this movement um, to deplatform anyone who is Russian or has any connection to Russia, if you're an athlete, if you're uh, a business person, the, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the yachts of their various rich Russian people who have them stored all over the world, you know, whether, whether they were involved with pushing this campaign or not. Um, it's madness. It's kind of a virtue signaling luxury belief orgy. Uh, and some of us are just trying to put our hands up and say, 
what are the long-term consequences of this? Uh, things have gotten so crazy, ladies and gentlemen, that while Eddie was uh, talking, I ran across a tweet from Lawrence O'Donnell, one of the stupidest Democratic Party hacks you will ever meet in your life, uh, blue check on Twitter. I don't know if he still has a show on MSNBC or not, but he tweeted yeah, out. Yeah, he does. He does. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't know about the programming on MSNBC or, or Fox or pretty much any other channel for that matter. But um, his tweet, this was put up about 40, 41 minutes ago, uh, no fly zone equals aerial combat zone. So the correct question is, do you want American pilots to join the aerial combat that is now limited to Russian pilots versus Ukrainian pilots? Follow-up question. Are you sure that won't lead to nuclear war? Uh, we are at such a point of insanity that Lawrence O'Donnell is making sense, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sending out a retweet right now saying we're through the looking glass, people. Remember Kevin Costner and JFK? I was actually listening this weekend to Alex Jones's interview with uh, Oliver Stone's son, and uh, they were talking about some interesting things. Uh, some I agree with and some I don't. So uh, I think Eddie's dead on with their uh, with, the, with that comment, and I'll have it in the notes tonight. How to think about things is more important than what you actually are thinking about. We don't have generations alive today in America where people really know how to think about things. Uh, it's just all in. We're just we're all in for the Ukraine and doing everything we can. And whatever the consequences of that, uh, who cares? You know, maybe nuclear war. Uh, Putin is the most awful force on Earth. Uh, we're buddy buddy with Saudi Arabia that's engaging in a proxy war in Yemen against the Iranians. Uh, the Saudis, some of the most horrible ruling class of any country on earth we give money to all sorts of middle eastern countries we, we support pakistan which has been buddy buddy with the taliban and al-qaeda uh this is just the reality and, and i think professor mearsheimer eddie's been playing these interviews and these talks by professor mearsheimer from the realist school understands these things uh, meanwhile the rest of america this sort of silly kind of third grade uh, I would say, yeah, uh, student government kind of approach, you know, model UN, we are the world nonsense. That's not how mankind actually works. And when the chips are down and they're down right now, uh, you need to be have a very, very clear thought, uh, clear thinking about what's going on. And, and we don't have that. Um, never really thought I'd be thinking about nuclear conflagration. Uh, I grew up at the very end of the Cold War. And uh, I did see uh, the day after, and boy, it's not, not fun to be a kid then. I know other, other generations suffered more, but uh, that's where we find ourselves. All right, moving on. Rockatalk.chat, less than 20 cents a day, ladies and gentlemen. If you can uh, swing that, uh, you can get in, uh, get an email and a password to get into our online shop, uh, our online policy shop, basically. What I did earlier this week, and I've got some really good economic data coming out about jobs tomorrow. That's going to be uh, the Wednesday piece tomorrow. Monday this week, I wrote about, well, you know, what else? The only thing I ever write about, right? No, that's not true. Richard Branson. <coughs> Richard Branson. Well, our business partner, Mr. Branson, he's being sued. This is the latest lawsuit alleging all sorts of, uh, well, malfeasance on the part of him and the senior principals at this company, Virgin Galactic, our great business partner down in Sierra County for, for New Mexico, uh, the first purpose-built spaceport built for Richard Branson's company, which, of course, has yet to launch. Uh, what's uh, 18 years in now. 18 years in, has let, yet to launch uh, a paying passenger. The latest lawsuit is for breach of fiduciary duty, violations of federal securities law, and unjust enrichment, abuse of control, gross gross mismanagement and wastes of corporate assets. It's really kind of interesting because this is a shareholder. I imagine Mr. Uh, Spiteri, his name is Thomas Spiteri. He's brought this 
uh, lawsuit in federal court in the great state of New York, the Empire State, where all the money is. And uh, he's bringing this lawsuit on behalf of the company itself. And it's a really interesting case, Eddie, because it's called a shareholder derivative case. And I had to get some background on this. You know, my, my specialty is what government does, not what high finance does. It's a case in which a shareholder brings a suit against the company's board members and senior officials because they're the problem. So basically he can't take his issues to these senior uh, officials and say, hey, you know, you got to change this because they're the people committing the offenses. So people like Richard Branson, people like Chamath Palapatia, who just resigned a couple of weeks ago as chairman of the board of Virgin Galactic. He's basically, I guess the, the way, if we weren't on the public airways right now, I'd put it a different way. But this is uh, the lawsuit is basically get your bleep together board is what the uh, the shareholder is alleging. Now, there's other lawsuits that have ha happened back in December, uh, the beginning of the class actions that are being rolled out by shareholders like me, um, basically suing for the loss of money. Now, I did pay $16.50 for one share of Virgin Galactic. I'm not, you yes, know, I'm you not did. exactly. You, never, you didn't know that. You didn't know I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not exactly in that hundred thousand share, million share institutional investor club. So I don't think I'm going to make much money. I'll probably get a fried bologna sandwich free on Richard Branson's dime when all these class actions are settled. But this is an interesting case because basically he's the shareholder saying, "I don't want. I want my court costs and my attorney's fees and all that. But I'm telling you, get your act together and stop." lying. And a couple of the points that were made in this suit, and some of these were actually addressed in some of the earlier actions, really difficult stuff. Um, February 2019, they had a test flight. The company issued press releases and documents saying this was a smashing success, flawless flight. Uh, the cover-up actually had begun immediately because the horizontal stabilizer in the rocket plane broke, and one of the employees actually admitted, I don't know how we didn't kill three people that day. Uh, the heat shield on the rocket plane as it re-enters for atmospheric re-entry uh, burned off every time. Burned off every time it's made its way past the 50-mile mark. Uh, no disclosure of that. Happy talk, happy talk, happy talk. The two pylons connecting the mothership, of course, which carries the rocket plane up to 45,000 feet and then drops it, and they light the engine, and it goes up to 50 miles. Uh, the pylons connecting these two vehicles cracked after every single flight. The inspection employees of Virgin Galactic had no training, no certification, and they were basically signing off on the vehicles, uh, regardless of what the condition was, uh, and the inspections were not properly uh, conducted. And my favorite line from this is the rocket planes flights, quote, were considered so unsafe that even company employees did not want to fly on them. Wow. So uh, they want Angelina Jolie and they want Ashton Kutcher to fly. Uh, but the people who know, who look at the vehicles on a day-to-day -day basis and deal with the engineering and the aerospace uh, element of this, they don't want to fly in this. So happy talk, happy talk, happy talk. Branson talks to CNBC and Bloomberg. He's touting flawless flights, no major technical issues. Uh, Mr. Palapatia, this, the, 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 the SPAC guy, said that, quote, and I, and I remember reading this at the time when they were going public, Eddie, and saying, He's going he's gonna to eat these words eventually unless things change very dramatically, very quickly. Quote, we are light years ahead of the competition, and we are backed by an uncompromising commitment to safety. Well, the principals, the people on the board, the, the major people who controlled the bulk of the shares, they started selling, 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 selling during this period, selling uh, at $26, at $28, at $27. We're Branson down to about himself. Branson himself. Branson himself. Uh, the, the suit. There's a limited time period that, that the suit applies to, so it doesn't cover all of Branson's, Branson's sales, but it covers, let me see, they're accusing him of how much? Oh, $458 million in proceeds that were obtained 
despite the fact that he was making material misstatements and omissions. Mr. Palapatia got a $315 million windfall during this period as well. But the interesting thing, as I said about this lawsuit, is he's the, the, the man who filed this is not looking for money for himself. He's basically saying, you have to reform your company. Uh, he wants uh, these people to pay back damages to the company. And he also wants to inf- an order imposed on the board by basically saying, hey, guys, you have to take, quote, all necessary actions to reform and improve your corporate governor- governance and your internal uh, procedures. So this was filed uh, at the end of last month, and I just got to it now because we've been a little busy with some other issues. It's the latest lawsuit trying to hold Richard Branson accountable in federal, 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 not New Mexico, federal, which means maybe there might, there's at least a chance of a better outcome. But I end it with on a little bit of, uh, of a down note by saying Branson and, and all these other goons might be held accountable in court by the shareholders. We're, we're keeping our fingers crossed from that. But there's really no recourse for the taxpayers. Uh, we're almost at $300 million spent on Spaceport America. One more fiscal year will be over the $300 million mark. There's no federal law that, in, that empowers New Mexico taxpayers to go after the politicians who are responsible for this. So by all means... Uh, I'm thrilled that these suits are underway. As a shareholder, I stand to benefit from at least the class action on behalf of the shareholders. But what's the legal recourse for the people of New Mexico? Um, the people who perpetrated this fraud on us and have spent all this money and a couple of weeks ago pledged another $3.5 million to this facility that's ultimately, of course, going to go nowhere. Uh, we don't have a statute, state, federal uh, to get our money back, uh, all the money that's gone via the uh, general appropriations, capital outlay, the gross receipts tax down in those two counties that stupidly voted to tax themselves. Um, by all means, I, great. Uh, I'm glad this litigation's underway. Maybe I'll get a fried bologna sandwich out of it. But the taxpayers of New Mexico don't have this recourse. They're going to be left holding the bag. And even in February of 2022, we saw another $3.5 million committed to this facility. That's the insanity of this. So I guess, Eddie, at the end of the day, it's a good news, bad news. The shareholders can benefit, but the taxpayers, um, I, I wouldn't hold my breath waiting for any uh, compensation to come their way. Let me visit with you for just a couple of minutes uh, on this, if you don't mind, because sure. I know that you've spent, count- I, I, I don't have enough time to like really dig into your brain on on everything, but I think if we're just looking at this in a very abstract way, Dowd, mm-hmm. and asking the question, well, who would bear the responsibility? If they have to go after, you know, Branson in a court of law, if they have to go after Chamath in a court of law and from shareholders, and they're not really looking for anything other than just, you know, being fair and everything. And then we turn around and we look, well, how did Branson and Virgin Galactic get started? Well, it was prior to all of this uh, windfall because a lot of this is the con game. Uh, the great space race, which is going to take, you know, uh, you know, fifth seat now on this whole thing. It uh, doesn't matter if it's Musk and and uh, Jeff Bezos. These are mere luxuries at this point. I think we can uh, easily say that. But there was a genesis. There was a starter. And the genesis and the start of all this is also the same people who acted as the buffer to the financiers. The financiers, the original investors, is Joe Q. Public taxpayer in the state of New Mexico. That's correct. Then the buffers are the very same people who swindled and sold the state of New Mexico on Virgin Galactic, uh, thereby there being the quote unquote brokers to sell them on the idea, putting together the buyer and the seller, right? And the buyer being 
uh, the state of New Mexico and the seller being Richard Branson. Here's this great idea. And then there's no return. So there's nothing that can be returned. There was a group of people who originated and started this particular, uh, not to mention there's people who perpetuated it as well. And they are current politicians uh, at that. So I think uh, we all know who we're speaking of because uh, we can actually do a chapter by verse. And I think the addendum to this is to uh, sort of put the epilogue in with the footnotes of those people who are responsible and how much were they responsible for at the county level, at the state level, were these people who were embarked upon maybe even just a, you know, shake and bake, meet and greet, whatever they decided to go ahead and and do uh, with them. And that's really what it is. Uh, it, this is a shakedown of the state of New Mexico taxpayers and ultimately the politicians, the, the politicos are responsible and they are ultimately the brokers and the buffers uh, who are going to be responsible. And it's all because of the great enablers that we think that this is such a great thing. And that would be the Kevin Robin Avila's of the world, Robinson Avila's of the world, yep. Yellow yep. Journal, uh, the local uh, news uh, uh, corporations who fail to ask the difficult and hard questions. And you've been swindled out of money that you will never even feel, at least for right now, folks. And part of the problem is, is most of you guys don't feel it. 36% of you don't feel it because 36% of you guys are getting your money uh, from the federal government. Uh, that about right, Dowd? I think that covers it. Yeah, I think I think so, Eddie. And, and, and it, this stock element of this, which gets really complicated. I study government finance, which is a lot less complicated than what happens on Wall Street. What we've seen with this lawsuit, and I think the previous one that was filed in December, is how did Branson get his money back? from all the money he sunk for 15 years into this, that New Mexico enabled was a big contributor to this by building him a huge facility here. I, you know, give Branson credit. He did spend his own money for a while pouring it in when this was not a public company. But when you become public and you get stock and you can sell that stock, then you can be made whole for all the money you dumped into that thing. And Spaceport America, by giving Branson credibility, a state government building him a facility. I think that helps sustain yeah. this idea of Virgin Galactic throughout the years. And frankly, even though they didn't technically own the spaceport, they could sort of claim it as their own asset. And well, we're going to be flying people out of here, you know, three flights a day. And th once he went to Wall Street and it went public, either him, I doubt him, smart people around him said, hey, Sir Richard, this is how you can get your money back. And boy, has he been made whole and have the taxpayers of New Mexico been left standing in the middle of a very dusty road looking around saying, what the hell happens now? All right, let's hit the top of the hour news. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Back uh, with Greg Zanetti, but I'll also be back to check on the top five with, uh, with D. Dowd Muska to start the hour. The Rock of Talk TV is now available on your computer or for Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire. To download your version, just visit rockoftalk.tv and go to the app section to get the download link for Rock of Talk TV. This is Jeffrey Candelaria from Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. If you're tired of those old Wall Street cliches, give Pavlos Panagopoulos and his team a call at 505-828-4068 or his website, myfinancialsense.com. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Satera Advisor Networks, and Satera Advisor Networks is a member of the Securities Investors Protection Corporation. Call 505-828-4068. You trusted your home or business security to the local company with an armed response. They sold out, and now you got selected. Now your security is on the brink of being bought out by a national corporate giant. I'm Aaron Jones, owner of International Protective Service, IPS. 
IPS isn't for sale. I'm invested here and care about your home and business security like it's my own. Let the highly trained armed guards or 24-hour patrols of IPS protect what's yours. Call 897-2420 or go to IPSglobal.com. Hi, I'm Kevin with Futons and Frames. We've been doing business in Albuquerque for over 30 years. We have the largest selection of futon frames in the state. Our futons are made right here in the USA. So if quality, service, and knowledge of product matter to you, then come on down to 4311 Manal or call us at 881-6863. Looking for a full-service landscaping company that can design, build, and maintain your landscape? True West Landscape is the company for you. Whether you are a property manager or homeowner looking for that quality weekly service, True West is here to help. Contact the True West team of professionals today so we can show you our quality service options at 505-395-7770, 505-395-7770, or visit online at truewestgroup.com. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour am and you're gone the rock of talk am 1600 kiv abq.fm here for hour three you and me and uh, the doubt uh, makes three actually as we sort of uh, round off before we get to uh, greg zanetti he's got a lot of uh, knowledge to uh, share with us i want to make sure that i take this time to round off our top five thank doubt for uh, his patience and being here we've got one more full day on the uh, board, but that'll happen on uh, Friday. And uh, D Dowd, uh, your top five there, sir. I appreciate uh, you waiting patiently and getting through all of this and working with me through a lot of it. We've got a we've got a new board. It's installed and uh, it's got more more lines than I know what to do with. But we're figuring it out. And thanks to my Brian, uh, Brian over here is is dancing. But uh, you've been at it every single day. Uh, tell us about the top five. As located by our readers of Rock of uh, Don't you love working, Eddie, with people who are really competent at their job? Uh, Brian sounds like uh, somebody who knows what he's doing. 
He uh, does. Um, He's good. As I get older, I find fewer and fewer people in America know what the hell they're doing. I I, <laughs> I always make a make it a point to shake someone's hand and say, "You're really good at your job," and I'm I'm glad I I'm glad you were here to help with whatever. Uh, yeah, I guess. They're my links, but they're really your links, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, the subscribers pick these. I throw them out, and, and you click on them. Top five of the day. You can subscribe for the daily email. The daily blast, I should say, uh, it is waiting for in your inbox every morning at 4 a.m., but only if you're a subscriber. We drop that paywall, boom, at the end of last year because uh, we can't work for free. It's uh, a lot of hours. Mr. Aragon and I put a lot of hours into this. we got to make a little, just a little bit. Uh, number one, a, a profile of one of the most loathsome, horrible human beings in New Mexico. The woman who, of course, caused, allegedly caused the crash that killed the current uh, officer, Santa Fe, a police officer, and the retired firefighter up in Las Vegas, uh, a woman who has a rap sheet, a rather lengthy rap sheet, and probably should have been uh, sequestered away somewhere and not out doing damage. We certainly hope to, uh, well, what 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 little piece any of the family and friends can get from, from uh, getting to some justice for this. Although justice, the gears uh, wind uh, very, very slowly. That was our number one uh, 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 link clicked this, uh, today. The Las Vegas Optic, the newspaper up there, of course, covering their local angle of the retired firefighter. Uh, number two, great piece at the American Conservative, Pat Buchanan's uh, magazine. I've written for it uh, back in the day, back when we were fighting a whole different campaign against invading Iraq and conquering Iraq, a country that had Absolutely nothing to do with 9-11. Don't get me started on that. Ukraine jumps the shark. Uh, stop believing, automatically believing all these narratives coming out of Ukraine about the sailors who died on the island and the, the ghost pilot that shot down 49 Russian MiGs. Uh, you're really, we're getting a lot of really bad information out of that particular theater of conflict and, and skepticism should be warranted. Just as much as you should be skeptical of what Putin's people say, uh, you should be skeptical of what Zelensky's people are saying, too. Uh, number three, teenage crime ring nabbed in Lovington down in the southeast portion of our state. There were some teenagers arrested for uh, gun crimes in Las Cruces last week. We have our own many, many uh, troubled teens up here in Albuquerque. Kids out of control in the land of enchantment. Number four, according to KOB, which did not question the claim, one-third of UNM students are dealing, are struggling with food insecurity. You know, starvation is just like oh, right around the corner for a, a whopping one-third of UNM students. Well, what percentage of them are obese? That's what I want to... One-third. One uh, what, what percentage of them are obese? That's, that's what I'd like to know. That's a they good could, question, too. Yeah, they're, they're not suffering from food insecurity. They've been getting the three squares. Uh, let's not forget also about the amount of beer and alcohol they consume and uh, various other things. Uh, so there you go. Do, do, do you think these reporters have any function functioning brains? Uh, some activist says one third of the kids at UNM are food insecure. And does anything in the reporter's brain say that just doesn't make sense. That sounds really kooky. Maybe we should look into that statistic. No, we just repeat whatever we're told. And finally, number five, sorry for the delay. Uh, Florida is going up against the CDC saying they are advising against so-called vaccination for children. Uh, Ron DeSantis gets better and better and better and better, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, Florida, and uh, I, I put in the, I put in my question this morning, Eddie, have you thought about moving to Florida? And my sister in nope. Scotland said, she answered at the bottom saying only several times a day. <laughs> so it's, it's, you don't even have to be in New Mexico to be thinking about moving to Florida. My sister in Scotland's moving. That's the top five. Thanks folks. And right. uh, sign up at rockandtalk.chat. There it is. All right. Thanks, Dowd. He's over and out uh, here. Appreciate him uh, very much. We've got uh, General Zanetti. Uh, General Zanetti, uh, Brigadier General Greg Zanetti. Can you hear me? Come in. Yeah. 
Can you hear me? Hey, there you are. Your yeah, get it a little. Great. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit closer to the mic there, young man. There if you, you don't go. mind. There we go. Oh, there we go. There's a big uh, gubernatorial voice, right? <laughs> get all that out stuff out there. How are you today? I'm doing well. I mean, the the world events are dizzying. It's coming at us so fast. It's remarkable how quickly the world has changed. Yeah. Uh, let's just talk. Uh, you and I uh, spoke, I believe late last week and wanted to uh, reconvene and, and speak again because so much has just changed, uh, you know, in the last uh, 96 hours since uh, you and I had a chance to kind of visit uh, or whatever that is, I guess that would be 120 hours uh, since you and I had a chance to, to visit. And uh, there it is that you have the no fly zone um, not being authorized quite yet, but everybody seemingly pushing for it. And then right. of course, NATO uh, saying or stating that uh, any NATO member nations can go ahead and, uh, take out uh, Russian jets. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, everything is ramping up on the war talk. I mean, last week we talked about, basically we were at a turning point in the world, in world monetary history and how we had brought, I called it World War E, electronic warfare, economic war to Russia, except, Eddie, I've actually come to believe it's bigger than this. Okay. I think we're witnessing the remaking of the world order right now. Yeah, the post World War II America mm -hmm. as King Kong ruling everything yep. is disintegrating right before our eyes, and I think the trigger was Afghanistan, but you know what Putin has done here in Ukraine is you know, making it clear to the whole world that all of the pieces are being changed in a very rapid time frame on the world stage. I mean, and so here are the big takeaways I would say right now: the era of globalization as America envisioned it with all this East-West trade, with us serving as the consumer of all the world's goods and the U.S. dollar reigning supreme and so on, I think that's dead. Uh, Russia and China are, are clearly choosing to be regional powers, and they are rejecting this global, global integration. And I think you're going to see this playing out in the Baltics, in the South China Sea, in the Middle East, and I just think we're watching something that historians will look back and say, the world changed in two weeks, and it was right there from February 23rd when Putin invaded to, you know, the first couple of weeks of March. Suddenly, everything geopolitically changed and is irreversible. And so... Why, why is it, why are you so, um, you know, firm on the fact that it's irreversible? So... You're saying at this point, we can't go back. It's not going to improve. And no. we're going to have to go through a series of events. Yes. And I think actually the hints were there earlier when yeah. the supply chains were breaking. Okay. Actually, yes, they were breaking, but they were also being rebuilt. Uh, China started thinking far differently. And I remember a couple of weeks back, we talked about how China was going to a war footing, that they were making fewer consumer goods, that 60% of the world's food, stored food, was now in China, that they were storing natural resources and commodities. And the question was, in preparation for what? Well, I think it's probably pretty clear that they want to invade Taiwan, and they want it back, because 1948 isn't all that long ago to them. And I think they've been watching this Russia thing with great interest. And what they saw was the United States bring the full economic digital cyber war to to the russians and this was a dramatic change I mean, we started out basically a diplomatic war all right that's pretty low level 
And then under President Trump, we were at trade wars. Well, okay, NAFTA had to be renegotiated. The Trans-Pacific Partnership had to be renegotiated. And President Trump did it right. But then after Afghanistan, it elevated to a currency war. And when you start going after nations, a nation's currency, well, that's kind of the lifeblood of the nation. And we started to see the dollar getting dumped on the international stage. We started to see the plumbing in the financial markets gum up. Well, now it's ratcheted up even further. And again, I, I stole this from a guy named Mike Maloney, but it's called World War E. And basically, we weaponized money on a scale never seen before. I, I mean, j just think what's happened. I mean, we attacked Russian banking. We took it offline. We took their stock exchange down. Oh, the stocks are down 80%. The, the ruble's now worth a penny. We took out the Russian central bank's overseas assets. Hey, think about that. That'd be like taking out the Federal Reserve here in the United States. And then we took out, you know, RT, the Russian Times, and TASS, basically their uh, associated press. We took down the Kremlin websites. And we brought all of this money warfare against Russia in what was essentially a money nuclear bomb. Well, okay, how did Putin respond? Putin's kind of yawned at all of this and said, we're not letting up because Putin understands the difference between money and wealth. And they are two different things. If he succeeds in conquering Ukraine, well, basically he's taken over a country the size of Texas. And so imagine everything that comes with it. Let's see, you get the coal, you get the oil, you get the minerals, you get the breadbasket of Europe, which also supplies North Africa. And so what we've, see, what we've seen here is a difference in philosophies. Putin is saying, you can come at us with all the money you want. If you take down my stock exchange, okay, got it, my stocks are down, but the factories are still working. The oil pumps are still pumping. The natural gas is still flowing. And I haven't lost any wealth. And in fact, I'm gaining wealth as I gain more land in Ukraine. And so this is the big shift. Now, China, back to them. They're watching this and saying, okay, before we go into Taiwan, what must we do? We're going to have to de-dollarize even faster. We're going to have to leave the Western infrastructure where they can't come in and just grab money out of our central bank, where they can't freeze our assets that are held in Switzerland or Canada or the United States. We're going to have to find a way to protect our wealth before we go into Taiwan. And so this is something that I think we've underestimated, not seeing the consequences, the second and third order effects of this financial nuclear bomb that we dropped on the Russians. So, but it didn't feel like that to them, Greg. I mean, uh, if you're saying that he's so fleet of foot, uh, what real wealth actually is, it's resources, everything's still pumping. How much do the markets actually matter to Putin? It's not like us. Right. It's not like where every single consumer is getting all this money that they've received from the government and getting on Robin Hood or getting like, well, I've got my 401k trapped. Like, this is not a capitalist society. They're not right. looking to make a bunch of money on their stock exchange. And, and for their ruble, it doesn't matter what they have uh, when currencies are starting not to matter. And right. the dollar has been the staple post-World War II, 
But we also know if we go to your law of 80s, which goes back, uh, you know, right. three successive times, whether it's tulips, dollars, uh, whatever, the, the pound, you know, we're looking at different pegs uh, for the currency. Right. Currencies come, currencies go, money comes, money goes, but wealth remains. And this is the game that both China and Russia are playing. And so kind of back to what we talked about at the top of the hour or at the start of this is the globalization that America had envisioned, this east-west connection of goods and services flowing freely, it's over. Yeah. And clearly Russia wants to be a regional power exercising influence in Europe and in Central Asia. China clearly wants to be the regional power in Asia, mm -hmm. the center of gravity of Japan and Taiwan and Vietnam and the Philippines, probably down to Australia. And they want to isolate the West. And so what should we do? I guess we could try to do what we're doing now and force this globalization back on the world. But that's what I mean. I, I don't think we're putting, I don't, that, that genie's out of, or the genie we've got now is out of the bottle. So what should we then do? Eddie, I, th I think the smart thing for us to do would be to make a pivot out of east-west trade to north-south trade. Because remember what we laid out, it was late last week, uh, Putin's vision of the Eurasian land right. superpower. Yeah, the speech that he gave back in right. 2000. All right. Uh, they're putting it all together. And clearly they're putting these giant puzzle pieces of Europe as one big puzzle piece with the technology and the engineering capabilities. Then they've got the resources of Russia and the stands and the factory floor to the world in Asia. And they want to create this massive land power. And to the friends in the Middle East, join us is what Putin is saying. And we don't have to fight the Americans. We can just ignore them. Well, all right. What about in this hemisphere? Well, Canada and the United States have amazing natural resources, which we've all got all bottled up right now. But we also have amazing natural resources in Mexico. And we have creativity and we have technologies that actually surpass Europe's in the United States and Canada. And we have all kinds of food and resources down in South America. If we shifted our thinking from east, west to north, south, could we become self-sufficient over on this side and not dependent on the Chinese and not dependent on the Russians or the Europeans? And, and I would say, yes. Now, what does this mean for New Mexico? Well, in, in east-west trade, we were actually kind of landlocked. I mean, we had California to our west with the ports. They kind of dominated. Texas to our east, they kind of dominated. But in north-south trade, I mean, look at a map. I mean, a lot of this stuff just runs straight through New Mexico. So as governor of New Mexico, which I hope to be, maybe we got to start shifting our thinking and thinking and not thinking in, in terms of east-west on everything where we're, again, kind of landlocked, but think north-south. Well, how do we make closer ties with Mexico and Latin America and South America? Because we have all kinds of natural resources and we have all kinds of intellectual wealth in this state at the labs, at our university, at Afotech. And could we become a major player in north-south trade and not worry about what's going on in Russia and China and so on? And I would say yes. So 
that's the way I think we ought to be thinking right now because the world has changed irrevocably now. The and historians will look back and say monetary history changed there, and uh, the globalization that everybody envisioned that's dead. The world has changed, and we're not going back. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. Uh, we're with Greg Zanetti, gubernatorial candidate, uh, but here talking about some of the subjects that he has so long talked about uh, while being a financial advisor and explaining the world markets. Uh, very quickly, Greg, uh, how well do you do your current job, uh, which you're currently doing? Uh, you and I had some exchanges, and your clients are quite happy. Oh, sure. We can't we can't speak beyond that, uh, folks, without disclosures and you know uh, breaking the law. But uh, we can say that uh, your clients have been staying with you, and then some. Well, yeah. And last and, week's show, for example, off of Lafayette, last week's show, I mean, the number of people that called you just off of that. Well, it, yeah, and everybody sees it. I mean, what we did, and you and I have talked about this now for a couple of years, that the shift was coming. I thought it was just going to be due to the money printing. And I kept telling your listeners, please get in things that cannot be printed. Uh, uh, think commodities, think energy, think uh, food, think precious metals. And if you kind of look at how this is all playing out right now, I did not expect the Ukraine to be the catalyst of it or to, you know, put this into hyperdrive, but that's exactly what's happened. And actually, I think this is the proof of what I'm talking about, that the geopolitics of the world has changed irrevocably. And this idea that the U.S. dollar will be the dominant world currency forever and that everything is going to pivot around what the United States does or is doing, I, I think that's over. Even our own Federal Reserve chairman said last Wednesday, and this wasn't even picked up on, uh, it would not be out of the question to have two world reserve currencies. Wait, 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 wait. What does that mean? Well, that means that the U.S. will not be the currency of choice traded around the world, that we may end up being a regional currency. Now, the region could be the entire Western Hemisphere, and certainly it will be an important currency in the other hemisphere as well, but it's not going to be the one, the only dominant currency for world trade. What does that mean to New Mexicans? What does that mean to Americans? It means going to be, there's going to be another currency rising. I'm going to guess it'll be the Chinese yuan, but it might be you know, something that combines the ruble with the yuan. I don't know. We'll see. But demand for dollars will be falling. While supply of dollars is rising because you've got a Biden administration that can't stop printing the things, and you don't have to be, you know, the greatest economist in the world to figure this out. If demand for your currency is falling, while supply is rising, the value of your currency goes down, and as it goes down, prices rise. And this is what we're seeing now. So what you're going to see the politicians doing is they're going to be blaming Putin or they're going to be blaming Xi over in China or the Arabs for not opening up the oil spigots or Putin. Some are even still blaming Trump, but everybody's heads will spin based on what's going on here. The real reason is that we have printed way too many dollars. We're in way too much debt. And the way to get out of this is to pr the only way out is either to become very austere and to live within our means, which we're probably not going to do, or to try to print our way out of it as we head toward the reset. All right, so now I'm going to go into speculation land. And you think about what's happened over the last five, six years. 
uh, let's see, first, everything in the news for a year and a half was Black Lives Matter. Right. And all it was was to divide us. Yeah. All right. But once that was kind of, you know, getting old and everybody kind of had it with it, suddenly COVID was here. Well, we all saw what happened in the last two years and, you know, how all of this stuff has just proven to be, you know, just one lie after another after another. And just as that was fading, now we've got Ukraine. All right. So, Eddie, if you wanted to bring in this new order, uh, what would be the next thing looking ahead that you would do to keep the American population in particular off balance, to keep them insecure, to keep them fearful? I would say it would be a massive cyber attack. And that's what we're not prepared for. And right. in fact, since the very beginning, I think people have been talking about Russian cyber attacks. Right. Or, and, and not many people know what to do about that. And I know we have an expert here uh, who specializes in uh, internet security on our air. And uh, a lot of people need to prepare for that. But um, I don't think it's just that. I think it's that compounded with your money, uh, which is available right. primarily electronically, not to mention all of the holds that are on your money. Uh, there are certain regulations, how much you can insert uh, into the uh, bank, how much you can withdraw, how much you can deposit, right. uh, when you can take it out, how you can take it out. I mean, the controls that are on your money uh, make sure that the money doesn't exactly belong to you. So I think it's compounded by the fact that there's regulations that are, hey, we're here from the government, we're here to help you. Uh, this is exactly why I think you gave the recommendation that everybody should have four months of cash stuff. Right. Yeah, and so we saw it happen in Canada. That was on a very small scale. Canada's not a big country. All right, the truckers got their accounts seized without due process. Right. And then when people tried to give money, it was taken away. And then you got blacklisted out of bank accounts. Right. All right, well, now what just happened in Russia was Canada times a thousand right. as the United States brought all this down. Yeah, they were waiting in line just to withdraw their money or their rubles. Right. All right. So now the whole world has seen this. And this is why this narrow band of investments, uh, commodities, uh, precious metals, food, they're doing so well because Eddie, it's indicative of rich people in particular leaving the system. Right. If you can have your your money taken out digitally from a keyboard somewhere on the other side of the world, that's not a very secure feeling. No. But what if you own, I don't know, 100,000 acres of farmland? Well, how do they take that from you? All right, they got to bring a bunch of soldiers with guns, but you can't do that with everybody. What if you own mines? What if you own gold and silver? What if you own water rights? I mean, the ability to come and take that with a push of a button really isn't there. You've got to come by force and take it from you. Well, that's a, that's a lot more difficult and therefore a lot more secure to own that kind of thing. This is the big move that's going on right now. And Americans are still waiting for the stock market to come, you know, roaring back when peace is declared. I would say this, if the war ended today, what they have put in motion right now, the insecurities that people have about having money in the system, uh, that that's now permanent. Okay. You, you can't undo this. Right. And that's why I say the world has changed irrevocably in the monetary sense and also on the ground as we move to this, I don't know, this um, regional powers of China, Russia, and the United States. We're speaking with Greg Zanetti, gubernatorial candidate uh, here for the state of New Mexico. Let's uh, shift gears if we can just for the last 10 minutes or so, Greg, and give you an opportunity to kind of uh, wax on that. Uh, this weekend, 
the governor uh, herself uh, had a conference for the Democratic uh, Party, and none of these uh, hard issues were even discussed. Uh, they were uh, unmasked. They were dancing a jig uh, up in uh, or down in Roswell, I should say, and uh, crime uh, as she was hanging out with the, our local DA doing that. I, I have to say that uh, it seemed like the problems and the troubles of the world are far away from the mind of uh, your potential Democratic challenger uh, in uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham. So I'd kind of like to get your thoughts on your approach, you know, sort of looking forward and call her out on the carpet on some of these things. Well, what I would say is that they're always looking at symptoms and not causes. And as inflation rises, as people get stressed financially, they act out. Crime always goes up. Civil unrest goes up. Uh, Social unrest rises. And so rather than addressing the root cause of this is we have an economy in New Mexico that's based on casinos, weed, and personal injury attorneys, and expecting that to provide prosperity so people don't feel stressed, so they feel like they have some hope in the future. Instead, they come out with these platitudes about, well, we don't need oil and gas. We're going to go to the new Green Deal. Oh, well, we're sorry about the crime bill didn't pass, but, you know, we we still have to keep the borders open in order to, uh, you know, show that we're open-minded and not racist. It's unbelievable the magical thinking land that that they are in right now. And as a result, New Mexicans suffer. Eddie, one of the reasons that, actually the main reason I'm running is to try to help save the poor and the middle class in New Mexico. Because everything she's doing is crushing the the little guys. And then, uh, of course, they end up at the top of this food chain, which they're happy to be in. They're making all kinds of money on on these programs they put out. And, of course, they skim it out at the top. And if you dare to say anything against it, then they say, oh, you're against government. Well, I'm against government crowding everything else out. And that's what we've done here. And so... Yes, we can draw stark contrast between what MLG is doing and what I would do. And, it, and it's thinking the way the rich people are thinking. We must create wealth. It, we, we can't just be cre- spitting money around and spraying and praying that it's going to lead to prosperity. It never does. And you're not going to tax your way to prosperity. And we're seeing the results of all these failed policies right now. So will we be able to make this shift? The answer is yes. But you have to have the right leadership that says, all right, we're going to unleash the wealth from the earth that God has given us. We're we're going to become the water state. We're going to become the energy state. We're going to bring up, you know, minerals up out of the ground to make products. And then, by the way, we're going to be the high-tech state. We're going to use the technologies that were born here then the nanotechnology, the micromachinery, the artificial intelligence, the quantum computing, and we're going to become the next Silicon Valley as we marry up the high tech with the low tech and you watch what happens here. And then if we recognize what I was talking about on the show today, that the world's trade routes are shifting. This globalization, east-west thing, Asia to Europe to America, it's dead. All right, let's shift it. Let's go north-south. In that equation, New Mexico is, is just positioned perfectly in our geography to take advantage of it. This is how New Mexico goes from worst to first. 
And this is the kind of thing we should be putting out to all New Mexicans because they're not Republican issues. They're not Democrat issues. They're us issues. We just have, have to have some vision on how to do this and belief in the people here that it's doable. And I totally believe that. Greg, how can people get a hold of you, your campaign, and tell me about some of the uh, next events uh, they're going to be at? Because I know the primary is what the first Tuesday in June. It is, and we're we're busy. We've got fourteen fundraisers over the next twenty days. We're making a swing down south starting early next week. So it'll be uh, Hobbs, Roswell, Artesia. Let's see, then to Alamogordo and Las Cruces. So a, a busy run. But Eddie, the message is resonating. Uh, if you go to zanettiforgovernor.com, and we're going to start putting out a daily tweet that basically is a video. What's going on out there? The daily briefing. And how does it affect New Mexico? Because it's coming so fast. You know, people can't keep up. But I think if we talk about these things, you know, why are wheat futures soaring? And I know it sounds boring, but how will it translate? Well, you better buy your spaghetti now because prices are going to be going up. Anyway, this type of thing, you're going to be getting the the tweet of the day out of the Zanetti campaign. So Zanetti for governor.com. All right. Uh, well, a couple of quick things I want to go and uh, uh, talk about that I sent to you this morning, if you don't mind. So this no, is no, me no. and very separate from everything else. Um, and I said, um, this is the first time gas has ever been over $4. Uh, right. here in Albuquerque. How does that impact the psyche of... Uh, people uh, who are here in Albuquerque and then statewide, uh, the highest it's ever been in New Mexico. Well, it's depressing. I mean, you've got a Ford F-150, you need it for work, and suddenly it's costing you, I mean, easily well north of $100 for some of these huge trucks getting up to $200 to fill up your tank. Meanwhile, they say wages are going up, but not nearly as much as inflation is. Meanwhile, you've got the farmers out there saying, hey, wait a minute, food prices, we have structural inflation coming because food and energy go together fertilizer and energy go and food go together and all those prices are rising. So when you start to hit this point where food and energy are more than 50% of your budget, Eddie gets social unrest. This plays out all over the world all the time. We should be focusing on that. How do we bring those prices down, not up? And this is what MLG is totally ignoring well, you know, they talk about these silly things at the roundhouse. So she just came up with the congressional leadership to suspend federal gas tax. Uh, this released by her um, looks like about an hour ago. Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham joined five other Democratic governors on Tuesday in asking congressional leadership to support federal legislation to provide relief for Americans facing rising gas prices by suspending the federal gas tax until the end of the year. If it's, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, did not the Democrats, as well as Michelle Lujan Grisham, yeah. uh, want to go ahead and increase the gas taxes? Yeah, she wanted to increase it 50 cents a gallon here. Well, all right. Well, Michelle, if you believe this, cut the, cut the state taxes. Cut the state gasoline tax right now. Call a special session. Let's give relief to everybody at the state's expense. All right, she wants to do it at the federal expense so they can just keep printing money. I mean, it's just, it's so disingenuous and, and short-sighted. Maybe what we ought to do is cut the regulations to the oil industry so that they can pump more efficiently, open up the Keystone Pipeline, and become more self-sufficient in energy so we don't have to see these prices rising like this. But they, they don't want to abandon their new green deal fantasies, 
So instead, they, they propose this flimflam that's not going anywhere, but will make a great political commercial. Couldn't she uh, just decide to go ahead and uh, remove what she passed on the 19th, I believe, uh, was it April? Uh, April 24th of, of 2019. Uh, when they passed the Energy Transition Act, of course, she suspend that. Yes, isn't that a um, an unwise uh, tax decision on the state of New Mexico? That commitment, uh, in light of recent events, not to mention the cost of per barrel, uh, wouldn't she want to go ahead and allow those land leases and remove the uh, the suspension federally of land leases? And this is shouldn't this be more of a states' rights issue? Yeah, sure. But then what happens? Then she stop, starts to lose control. And it's all about power and control to them. I mean, you saw this during COVID. Everything was about control and doing what I say because I'm in charge here. So rather than trusting the people, trusting private enterprise, no, no I agree with you totally. That's what she should do. But I wouldn't take any Las Vegas odds on that at all. Uh, let's see. Oh, wow. Let's see. We've got more stuff uh, coming in here. I got to say, a lot of people like your candidacy, Greg. A lot of people, uh, when you come on, uh, say they like you. Uh, they, will the euro be stronger than the dollar? Are we going to find them uh, to the point where they're uh, neck and neck with each other? One in, for one? In the short term, yes. My concern is this. If Russia defaults on their debts, and they might, it's the European banks, Deutsche Bank, BNP Paribas, these huge French and German banks have loaned hundreds of billions of dollars to the Russians. So what if they default? What happens? Oh, you'll have a cascade of events that would be uh, epic because it's not just that the banks would fail over there and all these banks around the world are interconnected. Eddie, it's the derivatives. And this gets really wonkish, but a derivative is an investment that derives its value from something else. An easy way to think of it is it's just a bet. It's all it is. It's air. It's like Las Vegas betting if you're going to get a seven or an 11. Anyway, right now around the globe, we have over a thousand trillions of derivatives trading. Now to put that in perspective, the world GDP last year. Is that a quadrillion? Yeah, that's over. It's around a quadrillion and a half of derivatives. And last year, the world GDP was 92 trillion. We're trading 10, 15 times that in bets. This is what happened with Lehman Brothers. Lehman was a $400 billion bank, and yet it took $22 trillion to repair the damage when it crashed. It wasn't the bank, it was those bets that had to be covered, because if the bets weren't covered, the whole thing dominoed around the globe. Eddie, if the Russians default, this is Lehman times 100. And We've, we've got a derivatives pyramid that's just inverted and is as an unstable as it can be. So, yes, the euro would certainly, euro would probably be the first to go down, but I, I, I can't imagine many currencies surviving if, if this kind of thing plays out. And Putin knows it. Putin will bomb until the progressives stop their uh, green new energy <laughs> stuff. I sent that to you. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, does, he wants people to buy more, more sure. gas. Yeah, And I think for his survivability, he needs uh, at 120 something uh, a barrel now, he needs people to buy them. Yeah. And China's willing to buy as much as as much as they're willing to sell. So, you know, we think we're hurting them. Do do you know how much Russia's exports to the United States as a percentage of their economy? Less than 1%. What about as a percentage of total oil that we can consume a month? Wasn't it 12? Is it 12 million barrels a day? Yeah. 
Right. I mean, this is, Putin doesn't care about this stuff right now. He's got an outlet to the East. China is, is his ally in this thing. I don't know if you see this. India and Russia cut, cut a deal late last week that totally bypassed the dollar. It said, we're not going to use any Western banking at all. We're going to set up a bilateral trade agreement between the two of us and the pox on the West. This is what I was talking about at the top of this. This is a regional power structure being built. Russia's doing it and China's doing it while we're still talking globalization. We're not seeing the handwriting on the wall that the world has changed dramatically in the last three weeks and we're not going back. How come we have been increasing? And I apologize for all the, uh, the, the uh, questions about why have we over the last 10 years been increasing more and more oil uh, imports from Russia? Well, actually it has to do with the, the flow of oil can actually be, it's the type of oil that's produced and where it is needed. And so the oil that we get from shale is different than the oil that you get from just poking a hole in the ground. And there's a difference between light, sweet crude and heavy crude that comes out of Venezuela and moving the types of oil around the world is a little more complex than people think. And so sometimes it does make sense to be exporting American oil to a place where it's needed and bringing in Russian oil here because of the type and what's needed. And that it's way too wonkish, but that's basically it in a nutshell. Uh, biggest oil reserves in the world, Venezuela, 300 billion, Saudi Arabia, right. 267, Canada, Iran, and Iraq. But it's heavy oil. Only one of those countries is friendly with us right now. Right. And so what we're racing down to Venezuela right now, trying to repair relations, Maduro's just going to be laughing his head off. And then we've got Biden saying he's going to go to Saudi Arabia to try to encourage them to open the spigots. I mean, it is hard to overstate how confused and weak our <laughs> yeah. leadership is. I think confused is enough. Uh, yeah. Everything else out of that is just uh, <clears throat> yeah. a slippery slope. Uh, a few more things here. Uh, let's see what we've got. Uh, this just coming out. The U.S. has 336 labs in 30 countries under. Okay, we're going to skip that oh, one. Oh, the bio labs? Yeah. Those yeah. Are, uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, watch the liar on YouTube. Why can't everyone else go deep enough to admit this? Good folks. Uh, don't know. You're a good man, Mr. Aragon. I'll have to get to that later. Good show from worst to first. Love it. We're 50th in unemployment, uh, uh, Greg. How would you uh, How would you uh, move us up? The, the The only place for us to go is up. How would you do that? Well, stop encouraging people to stay home, smoke weed, and play video games might be step number one. And then... That's a cultural it, shift. We've been in, enabled. I mean, now we've got uh, free education. How do you respond to that free education salvo by the governor? Free education. She's trying to remove uh, taxes. She's becoming the conservative ta uh, candidate uh, that, that <laughs> yeah. uh, she's uh, mimicking a lot of people on, on our side. Yeah, she, she must have known it was an election year. It's basically, the only two things she passed were Republican bills. And I just don't think people are buying it, Eddie. I'm out on the campaign tra trail, people just rolling their eyes like, we're not this stupid. And so the level of know, hatred is a strong word, but animosity toward the governor is sky high and, and, and she knows it. So no, New Mexicans aren't stupid. They see through this stuff. Greg is the only candidate I can support. Nobody talks the way that he does. Let's see. Uh, Greg, you sound loud and clear now. Oh, you good. were a little bit off. I apologize for that. Greg was hard to hear. Yes. But you got uh, a new board in. No, we got a new, we got a new, new everything in. It's kind of good. Let's see. Thank you for the quick, let's see. You should take a poll of your listeners on whether to immediately dump David 
Bonus to dump him. Okay, I've got some more, a few more here for you, uh, Greg, if you don't mind, no. uh, from this morning. And this one goes back to your cultural stuff that I think is important. I stated, made the statement, Americans are going to re-COVID themselves, staying home, Zooming, not traveling anywhere. Your thoughts? Yeah, that was interesting. And I hadn't even thought about that, but I thought, you know, he might be right. And I'm not sure who that was from. That was from me. Yeah. No, yeah. that was a no, fascinating the, take. These are all the, you know, what I do is I'm trying to constantly guess. I think it's a mix because, you know, my dad's such a good punter at the track. Yeah. Um, he likes horses, as you know. And uh, he's very good at, at, at guessing behavior. And that's sort of an active way of doing so. And he's really good at math. And, you know, I'm good at sort of hypothesizing about the way things go. And I continue to do that. So uh, I think that's kind of where I just extrapolate. It's not hard. It's just, right. it's just kind of easy to kind of pick. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, here we go. Let's final. Let's finish off everything on crime. I wrote to you, Nero is fiddling while Rome burns. Michelle right. is dancing while New Mexico burns. Murderers, eight police officers shot and are killed. I mean, you take the one uh, down south, you take the four up in the northeast heights. Uh, you take the uh, officer ah, up in no. Santa Fe. You take the other officer uh, up in Farmington. Um, give me kind of uh, your view. We're 50th in unemployment. Last to remove the mask mandate. Can We can't do any worse, but let's just start right where we can do something. And uh, she claims to be doing something. Uh, when it comes to crime, your thoughts? Um, well, she has done something. She's made it worse. I mean, there are no consequences, Eddie. I mean, without consequences, I mean, people, especially when they're stressed, will resort back to, I don't know, justifying anything they do for survival or they'll rationalize in their head that this is all okay. And so without consequences, by emptying the prisons, by demoralizing the police as she has done and the mayor have has done, uh, and then you got rid of the bail bonds. And so, and then you passed this series of laws that basically made the criminals victims and the victims criminals. And w what did we expect? I mean, Eddie, we know how to solve this. Uh, actions have consequences. If you do something bad, there will be consequences for your action where you won't want to do it again. And we have taken all that away. And but then, by the way, you leave an open border where all these drugs are pouring across and people act out of their minds. And then you shut down all the mental health facilities so that, you know, the, the people who have just have issues and need help can't get it. And you wonder why society is shredding. It's poor leadership when everybody out there with common sense knows what we should do. We just have to have the backbone to do it. Greg, I appreciate you being here. Best of luck on your candidacy. We'll talk with you again next week. And love, uh, love having you in here, especially during this time uh, when Basically, only you can really provide the type of insight, uh, uh, given what you've experienced in your life and, you know, your rank and all the things that you've done. And we appreciate your leadership, uh, regardless of what your outcome is. And uh, let's not forget uh, the all leadership that you're showing for many families who invest with you. And how can people reach you once again? Uh, go to Zanetti for governor dot com uh, or you can call the office 505-250-3754. All right, folks. Thanks, thanks everybody Eddie. for listening. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 p.m.
song on the earth. On the shyness that was criminally broken, I am the southerner. I love nothing in particular. Thank you. 